everybody, and welcome back to another spooky edition of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always are the Brothers of Destruction. The Destructo Bros, Nate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Chilly Willy. <laughs> oh. That's not even a ghost, it's supposed dude. That's to a sound penguin. scary. That's a penguin from a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that Chili Willy was the polar bear from the uh, Ices and stuff. Wasn't his name Chili he Willy? He may well, well be, but it is also the penguin from Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> and you! <laughs> Prank that soldier boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Gentlemen, how have you been this these past two weeks? I... Uh, before we, I'm sorry. Before we even get into that, I want to apologize for not having an episode last week. I fucked up. This this one was uh, this one was a little bit of a disaster. We thought it would be funny to be like Nate's out of town, so let's be adults and have adult drinks and be silly about it. And um, I, I was just kind of mumbling and tired the whole time, and then Dalton forgot to hit rec- or save recording at the end. Yeah, I thought I was closing a cover I was working on, and I clicked close on the episode. So. That's my bad. Uh, Shivers two was pretty good. I'm uh, no, it wasn't. It was it was all right. <laughs> we, at best. we had very little to actually say about the game in the first place. You didn't miss much of an episode. Yeah. Like here's yeah. the thing. I think I played as much of Shivers two as either one of you guys did. I think you did I, too. I thought it had some neat effects, and I liked the FMV aesthetic. But I just I didn't really feel compelled to play it in any way. Like I could sense myself like future me getting pissed off if i tried to solve any of the puzzles the the one thing that i did want to bring up about it because i thought it was really cool of him was that uh metal jesus on from youtube metal jesus rocks uh was in that game because he worked at sierra at the time and they were just like needed people who looked like they'd be in a band and (laughs) he had long hair and he played guitar so it was like yeah sure i'll be in the game that's awesome so i emailed him and asked him if he would like record a little like voice clip thing uh just to kind of like tell us about his time when he was working in the game or you know for the game and stuff and he actually wrote me back like the next morning and was like hey man i would love to do that but i just had jaw surgery so his his bottom teeth do the same did the same thing that mine do or they like are like crammed together and he had that shit fixed where they had to like go in and like break his jaw and rearrange shit yeah uh, I and I had saw him post about that on Facebook, and it didn't even occur to me that like I shouldn't ask him to speak. <laughs> I should have asked him to like write something that we could read out. But uh, but he he apologized that he he said it, the soonest he could do it would probably be in November. So I told him that I would email him next time we cover a Sierra game that maybe he had some experience with, maybe even at least working in Sierra when it came out. What was the vibe like and things? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate that he reached out at all. Like that's really cool of him. Yeah, I was just surprised he wrote me back because, like, I've emailed other, you know, people just asking things and they just don't write back. Yeah. So, so it was just, I don't know. Yeah. Shout out to Metal Jesus. Go check him out. Not that he needs more views. I mean, he, you know, I'm sure he always could use them, but he's not hurting for them. <laughs> anyway, have you been? Let's see. Let's start with Willie because I feel like Nate's got more to tell. <laughs> uh, Mark, um, my car is kind of messed up right now. I'm a little worried about it, so I'm a little concerned about that in general. But aside from that, I've been doing pretty well. Um, I 
Nate found a cool game. I don't know if he was going to bring it up or if I'm going to bring it up. Uh, Nate, you want to talk about that game some? Oh, you go ahead, Darius. I have other crap to talk about here in my section. Okay. Tight. Uh, Nate was in the mood for a vampire survivor type experience recently and had pretty much done everything he could do in that game. So he went looking for other games and found one called Brotato. Brotato. Yeah. It's got these very new groundsy aesthetics to it, like very, it looks like a mid 2000s flash game for sure. But like the gameplay has a similar like roguelike action. I would, it's like a twin stick shooter with only one stick. It's a one stick shooter, yeah. I guess. Because it has the auto aim on the nearest enemy thing. Um, but yeah, you know, you do runs and pick up weapons and stuff. And uh, at first I didn't really get it, but after a few runs and figuring out like, what stats are good, what stats are trash, and, like, how to build your... Basically, what you can trade off to make a good build. Like, I started having a lot of fun with it. Is this kind of like Neon Abyss, but with less controls? No. Uh, it's uh, it's oh, like no. more of a top-down type game. Oh, okay. Like, like, more yeah, like Vampire Survivors. Yeah, that's really the closest comparison. Yeah, no, okay, what I like about... New Grounds, I was picturing side-scrolling. Oh, yeah. What I like about it is it's kind of like Vampire Survivors, but like in Vampire Survivors, like you would get to the point where it was either overwhelmingly difficult and you couldn't do anything it felt like at the beginning when you first started playing it, and then at the end, every run, you just felt like a complete god that you could just stand still and everything around you would die, essentially. This game, you never feel that weak and you never feel that overpowered. Like, it always feels like there's room to improve your character and... Mm. I just like that loop a little bit better that you always feel kind of like you have control over what's happening. And I just dig that. Yeah. Even on really good runs, you kind of a lot of the time feel like you're three bad mistakes away from the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I didn't quite get along with Vampire Survivor, so I'm not sure if I would dig it, but I will say Brotato is a great fucking name. <laughs> it, it's more action-y than a vampire survivor. Like, I'd even draw a few comparisons to, like, Nuclear Throne, which it definitely leans into on purpose. Like, there's a wrench weapon, and the experience points you pick up look like shards of radiation and things like that. Now, I used to play a game, and I have it on Steam still, I think, called uh, Hashtag Kill All Zombies. It's a cool title. And it's like a... it's I think it's top, not quite top-down, like, uh, isometric, maybe? Like, that kind of angle? And it's a twin stick shooter where, like, you're in this arena. It's a big square arena, and there are four ways that zombies can come in, and they come in, and you in like hordes. And you mm. guys just you start off with pistols, and you hope you get better drops and everything. And as you unlock new guns, you can start with different guns and stuff. And I love when you can end up starting with the Uzis. Did you stream that at one point? I feel like I remember you playing that on Twitch or something. Maybe it was something uh, similar you did for the show. I don't know. No. Yeah, I bet what you're thinking of was Zombie Party, which uh, was the... Because uh, uh, Hashtag Kill All Zombies is a 3D animation type game, whereas I think the one you're thinking of was like the cartoony looking one yeah. that I played for like way longer than I thought I would on stream. Yeah, that <laughs> game was great. So, then I guess that leads to Nate. Yeah, so I... What were you up to, buddy? I wasn't on the podcast last week, but apparently neither were you, according to the history books. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was my birthday last week, so I took the week, and me and my wife went down to Disney World and just had a blast. Like, I have always wanted to go to Disney World in October to see, like, all the Halloween decorations at Magic Kingdom and everything like that. And I, I really enjoyed that and just... I didn't buy as much stuff. I went down there with this plan that I was just going to buy a bunch of bullshit <laughs> for no good reason. And I just didn't end up seeing anything I really wanted. So I was a little disappointed in that. But 
Like, it was awesome being down there. Like, the lines weren't too bad. The weather was actually kind of chilly one day, and I had to wear a hoodie in Orlando. <laughs> so. Yeah, the weather's been beautiful recently. Yeah. So, it was a great time. Like, they had a couple new rides I'd never done before. Like, there's this new Ratatouille ride that was really fun. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. And then, one of my favorite roller coasters at Disney, I got to do it because we went to Animal Kingdom. I don't know if you are familiar with Expedition Everest, but it's this one where you basically on a roller coaster going up Mount Everest and you get attacked by the Yeti while you're on the roller coaster. Sick. It's a really cool ride. Like Disney's theatric value on their rides is so much better than any other theme park. Like for real, like they just know how to put together an experience there. Universal's a close second, but it's a different kind of vibe. Yeah. It's an entirely different vibe. Like, the one time I did go to Universal, there was this one, like we went to the Harry Potter section there and they had this ride that was kind of, really neat like we were i can't remember it too well now but it had like video associated with it and everything it was pretty cool was it was it the one where you were kind of like on the side like the seats that you it was like you were flying on the broom yeah and you'd go through and then that one part where the dragon breathes the fire and you're like oh shit that's actually really hot yeah (laughs) yeah that was such a cool a cool fucking ride yeah yeah and it was just a great trip. It was like nice to go somewhere, shut off my brain, not think about work or you idiots for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that we did just fine without you, but we absolutely <laughs> fucked up the recording. <laughs> Dad's back. <laughs> How did I become the Steam Machine Dad? I'm the middle child of the Steam Machine podcast. <laughs> yeah, that means you have to work twice as hard for half as much love. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, Someone's not better. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess does that leave me? That's you, my, that either, that's you my guy. So work has been kicking my ass, right? <laughs> I, I I went into a whole rant about it on this week's Yabs Pod. If you'd like to go listen to Yabs Pod, <laughs> uh, so I won't go into it here because it would be way too expletive laced for this show. <laughs> Which like, hour did show? you cover it in, in your oh, five-hour podcast? Right off the bat. I got that out of the way so I could enjoy the rest of the episode. <laughs> but I, I will tell this story again just because it was freaking cute. Um, so all week, Megan had been telling me that she was going to go visit her dad in Stark and wanted to meet me for food and stuff. So I was like, yeah, fine. That's that's absolutely fine. So I'm thinking like, okay, so we could go to the pizza place that's in Stark, or there's like a couple other places. And I was like, so what, like, what would you what would you want to eat? Taco Bell. Hell yeah, I'm not gonna say no to that. <laughs> like, I love me some Taco Bell. So all week I've been looking forward to this. Um, was kind of bummed that I was only gonna get to see her for like an hour or two, but I was gonna make the best of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I go to work on the Saturday. I worked eleven to four. I got off, came home, showered. You know. Uh, like shaved, all that kind of shit. Oh, excuse me. Um, and then I was like getting ready to put on deodorant and stuff and just like wait for her to, you know, tell me to leave my house or whatever. And she calls me. So I answered, hello. You know, she's like, hey, uh, if you leave now, we'll probably get there about the same time. So you can head out whenever you're ready. Okay, cool. I'll see you there. Okay. See you then. And uh, I opened the door. Like I put my deodorant on. Obviously, I didn't forget that part because I wanted to smell good. Hit myself with some cologne. Walked out my bathroom door and I I didn't go right into my room. I went left to go ahead and just leave. So I go left and I hear, hey, you. And I stopped and I backed up and I turned to my right and she was sitting on my bed. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't believe it. So 
I like just beelined it to her and just grabbed her face and was like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And uh, yeah, she surprised me and ended up uh, staying with me that night and hanging out the next day. It was really cool. That's it was awesome. fun. So your hour turned Surprise. into a lot longer. <laughs> a lot longer. A lot longer. Surprise, I've been living in your walls this whole time. <laughs> Happy she Halloween. In my walls. She'd like. <laughs> uh, and then I, I find, come to find out Jeremy and Ostara both knew about it, didn't tell me. Nice. And I was like, man. I mean, I appreciate the surprise and all, but like, you could have, I, I could have like planned something cute. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but nope. See, it was her planning was, something cute. So be happy yeah, about that. that. That's, that's fair. That is fair. Yeah, uh, that's like really sweet, actually. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, I get butterflies about that girl, truly. Oh. Um, but yeah, so like that made all the other bullshit not matter of what happened in the week. So that's just, that was how my week went. Nice. And then the week before that, I lost the episode. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so I, I fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so you're both getting docked pay for this. <laughs> now, here, here's my. <laughs> Here's my question. And Nate gets the Patreon money this month. <laughs> so, um, what would you like to start off with? Would you like to start off with the the free games that we played for the week? Or would you like to chat about some certain horror films or books? <clears throat> um, you know, that, that we experienced this month. Yeah, so we do that part first. I think that'd be fun. Like, I challenged our entire group to watch a horror movie to kind of discuss that we hadn't seen before one of the known classics and talk about it on the show. Um, I'm the only one that didn't do it cause I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I did read a book oh, book this month that I'll talk about instead. So I'll let you, one of you fellers start us off. Um, Willie, yours is probably more fresh in your mind if you'd like to kick it off. Yeah. I watched it like a few hours ago, actually. I mean, it was, I was planning on doing this movie the whole time, like ever since you came up with this idea, but I just felt like it would be one that, um, wasn't obvious and wasn't likely to, I figured that you guys were probably going to go with like some stone cold classics. And so I wanted to go with something slightly more obscure. So the film I went with was the legend of the seven golden vampires, which is a crossover film done by hammer horror and Shaw brothers, uh, Hong Kong. So it is half Peter Cushing Dracula movie and half Kung Fu action. Film. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I know when I first heard about it, I'm like, I, I found about it by accident. I was just looking down a list of uh, like uh, Hammer films. And I saw that title. I'm like, well, I've never heard of this, and I realized I'll, I've probably never heard of it because the premise sounds so incredible that this movie must have just been really boring. Because if it was either as awesome as it sounds or as stupid but awesome as it sounds, then I would have heard of it by now. So, I watched it and um, it has a lot of pacing issues, but there are actually a few kick-ass special effects and some cool vampire or cool vampire stuff and a few really good kung fu fights, like moves and stuff. Like, I saw a dude just like take two fingers and stick them into a dude's neck, like into the neck meat. And that was awesome. Like five seconds after a dude, like got hit in the back with a spike club and just blood started splashing <laughs> out of his mouth and stuff. And I would just like type a complaint to someone uh, like five minutes ago, like this Kung Fu movie doesn't have any Kung Fu in it. And it got me that like awesome, big, uh, you know, big fight. Cause basically in this movie, um, Peter Cushing, Van Helsing, 
uh, goes to uh, a small town, or he's trying to investigate a rumor of a, a basically a group of vampires that are like terrorizing a small town in um, like rural uh, rural uh, Sichuan, China, and like uh, basically he's going there to like universities to try to find like information about them and all the you know academics in china are just like you idiot there's no such thing as vampires get lost but then he runs into like descendants of a farmer who once took on one of the vampires and killed one of the seven golden vampires and that dude and his like six brothers like team up with van helsing and they go on to uh basically the small town and go fight the vampires and i don't know it was uh it was pretty cool some of the effects were like the movie couldn't decide if it was gonna have awesome special effects or terrible ones like the makeup on the vampires looked kind of ridiculous but like when the vampires died their bodies did really gruesome and horrific things and i really loved that so like i don't know i had mixed feelings about this movie i'm glad i watched it but i can't say i highly recommend it but if it sounds like it's just weird and interesting enough for you to check out you you might just go ahead and do it because i wouldn't call it a waste of time i just can't say this is a movie i would tell everyone i know that they need to go watch right now hell yeah i'll check it out though because you know i love vampires (laughs) yeah so so also, I, I was very disappointed by the ending though because it's like you give us Dracula at the start transforming into the dude so he can like go resurrect the vampires and go to do all that and you give us Van Helsing the whole time and you give us all this badass kung fu and then like you finally set up a showdown between Van Helsing and Dracula and the fight is that Dracula bitch slaps Van Helsing twice and Van Helsing just grabs a spear and stabs him and <laughs> lays down and dies yeah, that's kind of well. That's not the only disappointing ending we'll talk about on this episode. <laughs> True. Um, At least after he stabs and he like the Dracula starts molding and turning into a skeleton, and then at the end the spear falls backwards and crushes his skull, which is really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Like the, I really like to linger on the vampire bodies and let you see like the re-decomposition of them which was some fun effects kind of like if you remember how in the first evil dead there were the really bizarre effects after vampire zombies got killed it kind of was like a less way over the top version of that oh yeah hell yeah brother hell yeah that was so much chewing and waiting for that (laughs) (laughs) well i didn't want to just move on without acknowledging what you said um so i watched two movies this month that would fit the bill one kind of because I as I watched it, I'm like, I have seen this once before, but I feel like I was probably like having sex with someone or something while it was on or it was on at a party. So I just vaguely remembered it. You know what I mean? Very vaguely. But like the first one was Repo, the genetic opera. And I don't want to give too much away about that movie because you just need to watch it for yourself. But it's a musical. It's wonderful. And uh, the grave robber. Tremendous. Um Definitely check it out. And you get to see Paris Hilton and she plays a plastic surgery addict. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. The other movie I watched, Session 9. Have either of you ever seen Session 9? Okay. So the premise of this movie is that a cleaning crew goes into an old abandoned a mental asylum to clean it out and get it ready for whatever the local government's wanting to do with it. You know, sell it off. I think it's become like a historical thing, so they can't tear it down, so they want to clean it up and actually turn it into something usable. And as you can like imagine, things go haywire, but you don't really ever see like 
ghost ghosts and things like that. It's just there are like things in there that just drive these dudes mad. And there are other things going on in their lives that are also equating to the uh, the climactic ending, which uh, is is interesting to say the least. So the whole the whole thing is this guy is listening to these tapes. He like stumbles upon these tapes while the other all the crew guys are going and doing their thing. He's listening to these uh, old audio tapes of playback of this woman who was in the mental asylum who had multiple personality disorder. So she had like multiple people that would come in and talk. And when he gets to session nine in the tapes, that's when shit goes absolutely fucking haywire. And uh, spoiler, if you don't if you don't want to spoiler for the movie, skip ahead five seconds starting now. Everybody dies except one guy, and I don't remember what happens to him. But yeah, it's a uh, it's <laughs> fucked up. It's a fucked up movie, but it's it's really really good. I think because I think it just ends on a kind of like he's covered in blood and realizing what happened, and yeah. But a good movie, really good. I really recommend it. You eating sour worms tonight, Dalton? I am eating sour worms, man. <laughs> These things are delicious, and I'm sorry, there were only a few left in the bag, and I'm just, like, trying to kill them so I can stop looking at them. <laughs> Understand why I do like those. Um, as for me, I wanted to watch a couple of movies and didn't get around to it, but I did end up reading a book. So, I'd read The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, which... Okay, I feel like that definitely counts. <laughs> I would hope so, because that is, like, the origin story of, like, I guess-ish, of the Cenobites from the Hellraiser series of movies. So... Just really, like, the thing about Clive Barker is he's good at writing disturbing imagery. Like, that is his strong suit as a writer. He does a really good job of visually describing the horrible things that are going on. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I think that's the real strength of the novel is just, like, the whole, I feel icky reading this. <laughs> <laughs> the Hellraiser stuff tends to have just this real, oh, it, it is not there to make you feel good about life. No, it's definitely like a psychosexual sadism thing. Like, yeah, very much so. And that's what that's all about. And like, I definitely recommend it. I think it was a really good book to read, especially if you're a fan of Hellraiser already. Like, it's definitely the book is probably equal to the movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? That was the movie that I intended on watching this month and didn't get around to it was Hellraiser. I was wanting to watch that and Nightmare on Elm Street because I'd never actually watched those the full way through before. So I don't think I've ever seen Hellraiser at all. You know, I, I've seen clips and stuff of uh, the first Elm Street and I might have watched it in its entirety at some point, but Hellraiser, no, I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. But uh, that's what I do. Uh, well, I was going to ask, did, was it this month? No, it was a while back you read Books of Blood. Yeah, I read Books of Blood Volume 1 a few months ago. That's right. Okay. Then, yeah, that wouldn't count then. No. The hell, but a hell <laughs> heart counts because that was this month. <laughs> yeah. That does count. I will give you that. Um, well, then, gentlemen, I believe we need to dive into our games that we covered this week. And excuse me while I pop you gentlemen out so I can pull up my list. All right. So, uh, which one would you like to cover first? We have <clears throat> The Static Speaks My Name. Forest Stairs, The Complex, Blameless, and oh shit, I forgot to play another Princesses in Our Castle. <laughs> I played all of them but that one. Damn it. That's cool. Okay. Um, uh, I think maybe would it make, this might be a little bit of a uh, goofy way to do it, but because I basically probably played all these the most recent, you want me to just, can we just go through them in the order of which I played sure. them? Sure. Works for me. 
right, so the first one I took on. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Um, last time, I feel like uh, I ended up picking a large portion of the games out for this one. Uh, this time, it was both. It was just you two. I didn't actually end up uh, providing any games for this this uh, year. Yes, yeah. and all of these games, once again, are free on either Itch yes. or Steam. Yeah, I think it's three from Itch. No, three from Steam and two from Itch. Three from Steam. Yeah, three from Steam, two for Itch. So the the first one I played. Because I kind of got the impression that I it seemed like it would be a real hit or miss type of game. Uh, this was one of uh, the ones Dalton found. It was called Blameless. So, yeah. someone want to give like kind of the uh, elevator pitch for Blameless? Yeah, so the way Blameless kind of starts out is like you're this guy that's got, I can't remember if he was a photographer or a freelance architect. Freelance architect. architect. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I was. I never heard of that before, but it gives you an excuse to end up in a half finished house. Yeah, it's like this guy calls you to come take a look at the house to help do some interior design, which I don't think is what an architect does. Um, <laughs> so look, help some interior design work, and when you get there, um, he basically takes this giant, like this um, steel rod, and knocks you out with it, and then you wake up in this house, and you're trying to figure out how to get out. That's the elevator pitch of the game to me. Yep, that sounds about right. He's an architect. His name is Art Vandalay. So somebody laughed at that joke. And I know you guys wouldn't, but somebody listening <laughs> laughed at that joke. Probably Jeremy. Um, yeah. So I I saw this on Steam and I thought it looked interesting enough to like you know let's let's play it. let's check it out. It um, is strong trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And that was about it, <laughs> in my opinion. Like so, turns out this game's mostly a puzzle game. It, like I to me, I didn't get scared one time during Blameless. Mm-mm. Like, not a bit. I was mostly just like, what, is this just trying to be Resident Evil? Having to do the puzzles and stuff? Without the scares, I guess. <laughs> Resident Evil without the actual horror. <laughs> yeah. And the puzzles um, were bad. Let's be honest about it. Like, the first puzzle in the game, you're in the basement. You got to try to find a way out of the basement. Like, it took me forever to realize that there was stairs to an attic that you had to pull down using a rod. Like, I spent the whole time, like, like for like the first 10 minutes or so, like, at the workbench trying to do something with the um, vice and a rod that mm. did do that did nothing. It said, I don't know what that was all about. The real horror of this game was figuring out what objects you can interact with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, after lots of wandering around, you know, you, you kind of, like, mosey your way through. And then, it, it, like, like I said, nothing ever really happens. I mean, except at the, what was it the very end. Oh, there was one part where you opened a door and the light turned off. Ooh. Ooh. Well, you did find a dead body at one point. You kids want to see a dead body? <laughs> yeah. You do You do come upon a dead body and you're like, oh, what the hell? What happened? And then like, do you touch her? I don't remember like, not like in a creepy way. Like, did you, like, do you pull identification off of her or something? And that's how the She thing- has keys and a note. Yeah. So you take those. That's right. Because, so- Let's just let's just get it out of the cat out of the bag. The ending of this game is fucking stupid. By the way, the ending is almost entirely in the trailer. Also, you just didn't make it obvious it was the ending. Yeah. So the at the very fucking end, you finally make it like the garage. I think it was right. Yeah. And this dude appears. The guy that hit I found you originally. A way out. Did you? I didn't go out the garage. No, I, I, I built a ladder and climbed. That's how off. I got out too. But it was after you kind of left out of the garage. Then you built a ladder and climbed out. At least that's what I did. Yeah, but because the game says you have to turn on the power and get the garage door to open, but I didn't ever do that. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yeah. I got out the garage door. Okay. So 
I think the, let's find out if it's the same ending then. I'm sure it is. So when you get outside, you see the guy and he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And he has a pipe up in his hand and he chases you. And then uh, all of a sudden the police show up. Is well, that what happens? So kind of. Whenever you like open the garage and you turn to your right, he's standing there in the garage with the pipe and he starts coming at you. And you immediately have to crouch and go under the garage because it only opens halfway, of course. <laughs> And then you start running away towards the fence and cops pull up and they're like, there he is. Yeah, same, pretty much. Then it probably goes into the same ending. So there's two exits essentially to the game. That's kind of neat, but kind of weird. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unnecessary is a pretty good word for a lot of this. And then the cops arrest you. They're like, we didn't see anybody else in the house. We know you did it. And I had a big problem with this whole ending. Like, there's no evidence there was anybody else in the house. Then explain this huge lump on my head from where this dude knocked me out at the very beginning of the game. Like, <laughs> kid. Unless. Unless. Un- unless your guy was crazy uh, and he imagined that whole thing. I guess. I don't know. It's still. That, doesn't that make is any somehow better. even less satisfying. <laughs> there's nothing to even hint at that, really. They Blair Witched it. <laughs> yeah, so. Honestly, I think this was my least favorite game of the week, and that's saying something, but it was just pretty weak all the way around. I concur. And the voice acting. The voice acting was so bad. I thought that in the intro, the guy sounded fine, and then after he's been viciously attacked, he stands up and just goes, that hurt. Like, just the most unaffected. It almost sounded sarcastic. Well, and then I remember there was a scene where, like, you get into the garage and there's a note by, left by the girl or whatever. That's, oh, that's right. And her voice that. just sounded like this through the whole reading. You could tell she was reading off of a piece of paper while she read it. <laughs> was it uh, maybe Vocaloid? I don't think so, no. <laughs> no, they no, made it sound oh. like GLaDOS, though, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely my least favorite. Um, you want to give it a rating? Uh, I'm what I give Blair Witch because I'm going to give this like three above that. <laughs> so probably like a I'll give this like a five, honestly. It's like it wasn't terrible. It controlled okay. It just didn't do what it set out to do, really. But like, it I'm not going to be mad at a game that wasted thirty minutes of my time rather than eight hours of my yeah. time and was free. So five. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's just- I feel like. The channel five second film used to have a slogan that says wasting your time, but not very much. And that's kind of how I feel about this. <laughs> I, I was, I'll, I'll give it like a four and a half. It, I, I, just mild disapproval, but not like I'm going to get you dev. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that they, you could take the bones of this game and make a game out of it. And I think that they kind of forgot the part that made it a game. Yeah, the hard thing that makes it hard for this game, in my opinion, is like when you look at other games that were developed by soul, like small dev teams, like we played that St. Augustine horror game last year that mm. was just really actually good and compelling and scary. It's just hard yeah. to stand up against that when that was like a game jam game that was made in like a couple weeks compared to whatever this one was, so... That's why I like these episodes, too, is there's like a great, diff- a great golf in quality in terms of like execution, professionalism, and concept. Like, this game didn't feel super-duper amateurish. Like, it's not the most amateurish-looking game in terms of vibes that we played this week. But, like, it definitely... Like, more baking needed to go into the actual design of it. Like, I mean, it was free. It was... As a free game, I have very few complaints. But, like, 
if they if they tried to sell it for even ninety nine cents, I might have been angry about it. <laughs> yeah, I can I can get that because I've paid ninety nine cents for games on Switch that I got way more entertainment out of. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what was uh what was the next game that you played, Willie? Oh yeah, I picked the order. So let's see. I'm gonna try to. I believe the second one. Yeah, the second one I did was Forest Stairs, which is one that Nate found. I think it was actually the first game we found this time. So. I, I, I want to, I just got to say, I was excited about this one until I played it. Mm. Like, um, because Windigoon had done a whole story or a whole video on the backstory behind like the forest stairs and like the whole yeah myth, mythos behind it. Yeah. The thing about it, like I was excited about this one too, because I remember when those stories were first coming out on Reddit and I was like reading them as they came out. It was like one of the first like Reddit fiction things that I got really into and thought was really cool. So like I was yeah. excited for this one too. And, uh. Well, it's a game, uh, kind of. It does more than it, it could have, I guess. <laughs> so, basically, the game drops you off in this forest clearing, and there's nothing else there but a couple trees and some stairs in the woods. And the forest stairs. And your uh, your your uh, your goal is that the guess the, the word your goal was to figure yeah. out what the hell's going on, and uh, you just have to stand at the top of the stairs. Yeah, and as you stand, I, I did like this touch, like. As you stood at the top of the stairs, it um everything started going quiet around you. Like the birds that were chirping stopped chirping, and you just stood there and like kept getting a little bit weirder. Kept like I don't know if it was my imagination, but it felt like it made you start like kind of waving around at the top. Yeah, and then if you looked out in the woods, I saw a figure standing out in the woods too. But the- now, yeah. Well, I do have a quick question, and so I'll start with Willie. They're like, "How long did it take you to realize that that was what you had to do?" I read the description of the game, and that's what I did immediately: is go to the top of the stairs and stand there. I quit the game, then went back and read the description of the game, and then went and did it. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> I played for like five, ten minutes, and I was like, "What the I fuck?" I, kept I, walking to? I walked up, around the whole like map, walking up the stairs, then walking off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, we did the same thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "What am I supposed to be doing here?" And it was it was funny. Like I wasn't mad at it for that, but like it, you move very slow in this game. Like, oh, kind of, kind of. This game was clearly made by a young dev, and I'll want to talk about that more later. But uh, so what they did was they kind of it uses some kind of default Unity type three D movement. They throttled the forward movement, but not the strafing. So you can strafe run like way fast compared to how you uh, work. Leave it to the Doom guy to figure that out. <laughs> I, yeah, I SR SR forty by default whenever I play a game until I figure out if it doesn't work. <laughs> Worked good in Goldeneye too, I think. Except you're pointed the wrong way and you gotta know, turn around to shoot people. <laughs> but yeah, so eventually you just—how does it go? Like you're standing up there, like all this weird stuffs like happening around you, like I kind of described. Then you just get pushed off the top, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it says later that yeah, night. Yeah, it's like a little, like, cover, like, what do you call those fill screen? It's just later that night. Like, out of the sitcom. Two hours And then it's night, and you see a bunch of blood around the stairs, and you go over, and you discover the body of, I guess, the guy you were earlier. Yeah, and he's pretty fucked up. Yeah, he's pretty messed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he... I actually did. All, that was like one of the cool looking things because they like his eyes were all kind of like, gouged and stuff. You know? Like they, the dude did some work on the assets for sure. And then you got attacked. Now, Nate, I think you you recognized this character. I didn't. Did I? 
Didn't you say that this looked like a shadow something from Mario? Oh, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me, like, so, like, I don't know if you know about Mario Galaxy. There's, like, this, what's that area called? It's one of the later stages in Mario Galaxy where if you look off in the distance, like, the watchers are kind of watching everything Mario does. It kind of looks like yeah. one of those guys. But yeah, It was, like, this weird black creature thing. Yeah, but the game basically ends, like, you turn around from the body and you get jump scared by it and the game just closes out and it's over. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> so, I, I want to come out and say up front, like, this game is obviously really rough around the edges. It's made by a young indie developer who's learning Unity and, like, there's a lot of simple and obvious technical issues like the skybox had weird warping yeah. and uh, seam on it and, um, like the movement controls were like a little weird, like I said, and the tree assets were kind of like the same one copy and pasted a million times and stuff. It's rough. But like, on the other hand, like I, I, I got the feeling it was a young developer. So I went and looked them up and, uh, it's like an 18 year old Australian who makes a bunch of little, it, it, little indie horror games on itch. And they just seem to be having a good time. And like, I don't know. I kind of really appreciate them putting this kind of stuff out there into the world, like learning their tools as they go and showing us their projects. They clearly have a lot of ideas and seem to be having a lot of fun with yeah. it. So, like, keep it up, Lachlan. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely appreciate that they are out there making something. And I feel like that's one of the great things about – because this is on Itch, not on Steam. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the great things about Itch is it kind of, like, encourages people at that level to build games and put them out there for people to play I think it helps build a lot of confidence in that way. I, I appreciate it a lot for that. But the one thing I will say, Dalton, I know you got the message when I said it. I was like, note to self, don't pay $3 for a game on itch.io before actually playing it. <laughs> yeah, Nate bought this game. Yeah, because like, I was just being yes. nice because like, I was like, yes, a developer put the time in, made the work, built this game out. I'm going to go ahead and throw like three bucks at it. I'm sure it's worth three bucks. It was not, but <laughs> that was my fault for paying for it before I played it. I figure it's a it's a dollar from each of us. You know, I feel like that's fair. <laughs> a dollar from each of it that all came from me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the one that has true. <laughs> the uh, but the fact that he's from Australia means that like that three dollars is going to give him like five thousand dollars. So like he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but because of the price of video games in Australia, he'll only be able to buy like one V buck with it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, did you make this game? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? Um, if Adam's real name is Lachlan Shelton. <laughs> um. So yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay. Because. I think it did tension well. Like, when I was standing at the top of the stairs just waiting to see what happened, like, Mm -hmm. tension really gets to me. And I was just waiting Mm -hmm. and waiting. And then that slow camera movement, the things, the sound changing and everything just started giving me anxiety. And I thought it was decent. So, I'll give it a... Well, okay. I'll knock it down. No, I'm not going to even... No, I'm not. Because I liked the graphical, even though it was cheesy. I appreciate those graphic styles. So, yeah, it gets a seven for me. Yeah, I was living on a six and a half on this one because, like, I know I think I said it's bad and it was definitely not worth the three dollars or whatever. But I felt like it had a somehow had a better fleshed out concept than um, Blameless did. Like, it didn't try to be any more than it was, and I can appreciate something that lives in the space that it know it knows it exists. You know what I mean? So yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. I think six and a half is a very reasonable score for it. Yeah, I'm. I mean, 
again, I'm I'm, I'm kind of happy this kind of thing exists in the world. Just a weird little game that's like fun for its own sake and all that. I think it didn't do much with the forest stairs concept, though. It kind of could have been anywhere, anything. Uh, but like a, a lot of horror games, just do not respect your time or playing whatsoever. And I feel like this game at least puts it all on the court immediately, and I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and also throw a six and a half at it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't make you wander really slowly for, you know, 20 minutes before you find the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, boom, you're there. Why are these here? Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, what was the uh, what was the next one that you got into, Willie? Uh, so, after that one, I kind of alternated between games both of you picked. So, that's kind of how I, I balanced. I also kind of wanted to put them in a certain order that I thought would probably give me decompressions depending on what the last one was like. And I didn't really know what to expect from that one, except that it was really short. So I wanted to follow that up with uh, the static speaks. Uh, the static speaks my name, um, guys. I think this one might have been an art. <laughs> an art. I think this was an art. Like I a- think this developer was doing an art. Yeah, it was. So <clears throat> I picked this one, right? Yeah, and because this is one that I played last year, but I don't think we talked Mm-mm. about it. I think I just played Mm-mm. it on my own. And uh, man. This is another one of those where the tension just built the entire mm. time for me, right? So you want me to? You always want me to get in, like describe it. Go ahead, like, yeah. What was your first impressions? Oh well, we'll go into. Okay, so uh, basically, the static speaks my name is you start off and you're in your room. No, uh, no, 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 no. There's a scene right before that where you see some like you're in a void. You see like a kind of a glow oh, static that right. says a person's name and I think it says cause of death. Uh, or don't no, not even cause of death, just method asphyxiation state. Uh, right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so you walk into that that static ball, and you're in this apartment. Then room. you're in your room. Yeah, and it, you get your first task, which is use the bathroom. So you go into the bathroom, and you hit use on the toilet, and your dude turns around and he sits on it for a minute, and then gets up, and then it says, "Uh, go to the kitchen, right? Get some make f- breakfast. Make yeah. breakfast. Yeah. So." <clears throat> This is where you need to start. You don't need to, but like I started being observant, right? So I'm looking around yeah. my bedroom and there's a picture on the wall of the shrimp uh, that he has in the tank, but there are five of them and it says my babies. But if you look at the tank, there are only four shrimp in the tank. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> you go walk in and so you go to the kitchen and it says make breakfast. So you open the fridge and the fridge is completely empty and it just says, well, guess it'll be shrimp again. So then you walk back to your room, you go over, and it gives you the option to eat shrimp. So you just pop a raw shrimp and just eat it alive. Yeah. Which I thought was hardcore. Yeah, it was. And, like, the shrimp were so cute. I didn't want to eat them, but I ate two of them. <laughs> I did, too. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted two shrimps. I also, I believe I ate two of them. And also, I wonder if I, this game has a really interestingly minimalist yeah. art style. Like, everything's very flat and very low poly. It looks cool. Yeah. Um, I guess I should point out, too, that when you're going towards the kitchen, when you walk out of your uh, bedroom into the hallway and you're walking down to your right are a bunch of TVs stacked up Mm -hmm. with all their like static playing. Yeah. And then before you get to the kitchen, there's a room with I would say it's full of paintings, but it's actually full of painting a whole bunch of reproductions of a single painting. Yeah, and and as you kind of uh, you well, you walk into that room and there, yeah, it's covering the walls, and then there are like copies of it on the floor. Um, notes on them and stuff like clearly the player character's been trying to work out some mystery involving this painting yeah he thinks that there is some sort of meaning in it and he's apparently losing his mind over it um 
because there are like scribbles of notes of a fucking madman around, right? So then yes. I believe after you eat the shrimp, it says go chat online with your friends, mm-hmm. correct? And you go over to the computer that's there, which I laughed my ass off at the picture next to the computer because it's like those badly drawn, like uh, like open mouth, weird looking characters that are from memes. Mm. And I believe that you said that you loved the newspaper. Yeah, there was a newspaper on the refrigerator. They had like a lead story about like an artist gone missing. And then the rest of the newspaper was just like an ad about Obamacare and a, a, a positive review of a recent Tim Allen stand-up sketch, which for some reason absolutely cracked me up. That it <laughs> I don't know why Tim Allen was the funniest thing they could have gone with, but it was a really good pick. So that artist gone missing thing. Mm, that does come back. That does course. that does come back. Um so you chat online with your friend who is just this, I'm going to assume a uh, quote unquote girl on the internet. It's a chat. It's a, it's a sex bot. It's, it's absolutely a bot trying to get your credit card information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's telling you that like she's horny and things like that. So you're like responding to, and you're like, you given two different responses. It's like, tell her that uh, you've really been like thinking about how much you hate life or something along those lines. And then the other one's like, tell her that your thoughts are getting hot and heavy or something like that. No, I don't think that even you had that kind of option at any point. I think it was just like, uh, tell her you feel like your skin has become knives was like all the other choice. That, yeah, okay, so... And then no matter which one you clicked, your dude just kind of types, uh, okay, or something like that. Yeah, so the conversation... Like something real noncommittal. Like, it goes nowhere. Yeah. And then he, uh, you stand up... And you start walking around, and I believe this is when you get the the final, or not the final, but no, the, no, there's one more. The next one is clean microwave, which is another just really banal task you do. That's right. And then, I, of course, I opened the microwave, and then it's like get paper towel. Yeah. So I walked over, grabbed paper towel, cleaned the microwave out. Then you get the one that says decide what to do, but with the man in the cage, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> now the tension has built for me like what is actually going to happen because I'm like waiting for something to happen and then that message pops up and I just got this feeling of dread because now I have a choice to make and I'm like uh (laughs) so here's my question what did you guys do with the man in the cage I believe you had two choices I didn't even find the second choice I only found out about it after reading some stuff on the community page after I played it so you electrocuted him I immediately went to the fuse box and when it said yeah, when they said zap him, I'm like, cool, sounds fun, let's go. So that's that's what I did when I played it last year, mm. right? Um, but there are clues that there's another way around it. There's a bookshelf, there's notes in the painting room about a, a hidden door in the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. so um, if you grab the keys that are hanging by the front door, um, you can go over to the bookshelf and hit use on the bookshelf and the bookshelf will open. And you go into this like hidden hallway thing with a vault in there. You open the vault and it, and it you know comes open. You go in and there's a dude in a cage on his hands and knees, naked. Very yeah, and very rudimentary uh, NPC design. But I mean, you didn't need it to be more. Like you said, the game is very minimalist. Um, so I unlocked the cage and then it just says, "Let your body rest. Go to your room and let your body rest." Mm. So you go into the room. <laughs> Oh, but. I tried to figure out how to interact with the bed about yeah. 10 times before I figured out, oh, this is bringing us back to the start of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where you go into your room, you make your way into your closet, and there's a chair with a noose hanging above it. Oh, I guess this is like trigger yeah. trigger warnings 
for people. Sorry, that it's afterwards. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, I feel like it was obvious where this was going when we said the very beginning of it. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, so you kind of you get up there. So I'm, I spoiler tagged this in chat to Nate earlier. Um, I said I was playing the Static Speaks My Name and I'm listening to the song Blood Brothers by Papa Roach. And the chorus of that song is, it's in our nature to destroy ourselves. It's in our nature to kill ourselves. It's in our nature to kill each other. It's in our nature to kill, kill, kill. And as he was slipping the noose over his head, it was the end of the songs. And he went, it's in our nature to kill ourselves. And I just went, oh, that fit perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, uh, you know, you know what happens. And then you end up back in that black void again. And this is where I was disappointed that there wasn't more game because I was like, mm. let me see where this is going to go from here. Because you get a bunch more choices with all different kinds of deaths. And they're all very interesting sounding. Yeah, yeah there's one like throat slit, uh, an attack or something like that. There was one that was like an old man that was some oh. sort of overdose. Yeah, and then the one I ended up going to was like the, I think it was like a high school. It sounded like a high school girl and it said like self-immolation. And I'm like, oh, I've got to know what that one's about. <laughs> But then you walk through it and you get hit with the title and then the game closes. Yeah. yeah. You guys got any opinions or uh, rating for it? I, to me, it was just really makes you feel weird. This game made you feel a little bit weird. And I got the groove with Willie weird said. Is a good word. Definitely felt like an art project in a video game. So I felt like it had a lot going for it. It was probably my second favorite that we played out of all the games we did this year. Mm hmm. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. But I mean, I don't. So I honestly think I lean towards like about a seven, seven and a half on this one. Yeah. I I was going to give it an eight. So I'm right in that ballpark. And it's probably the highest rating that I'll give. Um, but Yeah, I got about seven and a half for it too. Because it was really interesting and it definitely had a lot of its own personality and force of will that coursed through it. Like this game definitely is a, vi there was like someone's vision and they got it out here for there. So I got to give them credit for it. And like, it is definitely the game that executed the most out of its original promise, I think. And so I'll give it a seven and a half. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, this game was the opposite of blameless where like, it just gave you like two or three mundane tasks that really built up that weird feeling and tension of like what, as you're exploring the house, what's going on where you didn't have to do these little puzzles. There was no twist ending. You got exactly what you went in expecting and still got creeped by it. Like that's, yeah, that, that's art. <laughs> <laughs> that's art for you. Yeah. Ultimately I didn't end up finding this game scary, but I did find it a little bit like disquieting or unsettling. Yeah. Maybe I think I only got unsettling. actual scares from two of these games and they were the last two I played. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree. Unsettling, unsettling is the right word for it. I played another one. I don't remember if we did it for the show last year. It was like uh, something like September 1992. September 1999. Yeah. We almost played that last time too. Oh man. I wish I had remembered that we didn't play it last year because I would have put it on this one because that, that game's fucking wild. We'll have to make a note for that for next time. Yeah. I ended up playing it really close to last year. I think that's why I didn't put it on the list because I just recently played it and I wanted to do some new stuff. But then I had already played a lot of the other ones on there. So I don't know what I was thinking. So. <laughs> Remind us next year. <laughs> yeah. Remind us October 2023 to do September 1999. <laughs> um, so what was up next so, for you? The next one was the one I think you said you missed, which was Another Princess is in Our Castle. Man, and I'm sad I missed this because this seemed really interesting to me. So I'm interested to hear like what you guys thought of it. 
Um, Nate, you want to give the a summary of this? This was one of your finds. Yes, yeah, so this one was, it was a really cool trailer. Yeah, it was a really cool trailer. It basically is like, essentially like, you're Mario. Mario Mario from Mario 64. <laughs> you're Mario Mario 64. And like, you get another... Mario Mario. <laughs> and in the game, you get another letter from Peach saying, come to the castle. And when you get to the castle, it's like, very different atmosphere, spooky aura, and... Essentially, there's another princess in the castle that's a ghost. Very scary ghost. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this game first person? Yes. Yes. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe like Mario with some amnesia. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's very much. And it's like you're Mario and basically you're like Mario. You can tell you're Mario because you're kind of holding a lantern out like this in your hand and you have the trademark Mario white glove kind of thing. Um, when you get into the castle, it's not exactly clear what you need to do until you, cause like, you just try to go into these rooms. It says, this path's not yet available to you, or something like that. And you finally go to a room that will open, and you see, like, a statue of Princess Peach. And you collect the statue, and then you just start hearing, like, creepy laughter from coming from outside the room. Ugh. Creepy laughter always creeps me out. I know that's what it's supposed to do, but I mean, it does. It works. And so, at this point, there's a treasure chest in the room that you can hide in. And then you see, like, ghost Princess Peach come in and just kind of, like, looking around. And she's like, Mario! And then leaves the room. Oh, shit. So, you actually do have to hide from her? Yeah, you have to hide from her. Otherwise, she kills you. Uh, There are treasure chests in each room. And uh, you're trying to collect these figurines of the main, like... Like, a figure from each of the levels of the game, basically. Um, and she's always wandering around. She can float through doors, and she can hear you if you get too close. Or run. Which, yeah, when she... when The, the sound that it makes when you, she hears you, and the sound that when she's actively chasing you are really... I'll go ahead and say this. Um, the first... My very first playthrough, I didn't get into the, I didn't read the description really well of the difficulty levels. So I didn't realize that hide in the chest wouldn't just automatically work if she was close enough to see you get in the chest. So I dithered in the room before getting in the chest. And when she actually got me inside the chest, the jump scare death sequence actually was one of the two things that actually scared me this <laughs> week. Like I, I had a good jump out of a, an altered N64 sprite because I just didn't expect what it would look yeah, like. It was a pretty creepy sprite. And the problem I feel like this game had was there was no checkpoint system. Yeah, it says, like, checkpoint unavailable in demo, so there's more coming. Yeah, it's like, this is a demo game, so I'm hoping that they kind of work that out to, like, where every time you die, you don't start back at the beginning outside the castle, walking your way into the castle again. Because it's cool the first time you do it. It really is, because it feels like you're reenacting that scene from Mario 64, but, like, the fourth or fifth time you do it, you're just like, ugh. So, did you actually end up beating this game? I was going to ask you the same thing. I got seven statues at one time, and then I got killed, and I didn't feel like going Yeah, I think in. the most I got was five, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It just If it had checkpoints, it would have been easy to go ahead and see the game through to the end, but I just didn't have it in me to start over that many times to try and do it just to die again and have to start over from the beginning. So that kind of took this one down for me. I want to say I think this game does a really great job recreating the architecture and graphics of Mario 64 in a completely new style. And, like, if you just watched the trailer of this game and said, oh, that looks really cool, and then didn't think about it again, I think that might be a way better experience than actually playing the game. Like, I think this game would have been better suited as a, 
like a short film in this form of a video game trailer for a game that you don't actually make. I think it has potential. I think it could get better if they worked out the bugs with like the check, not, they're not bugs, but like just work out the issues with the checkpoints and not having to start the game completely over every time you die. I think I thought it was all right. It, it's not one that I'm going to go back to. I'm probably going to forget it exists before they make another update to the game. But uh, unfortunately, like I just don't think that the core gameplay loop is really strong enough. Like you're basically not sure where the princess is the mm. moment she's not in the room with you and you don't know where you can go, but there's nothing you can do to really ameliorate that. And so I guess it's a feeling of helplessness that's supposed to be scary, but I just find it frustrating as a player. Yeah. There's other things that are kind of unfriendly, like there's a stamina meter when you run, which I think is kind of neat because it's built like the health wheel for Mario 64. But if you totally expend it, you can't walk again or you can't run again until it fully refills. And like, I don't know, that, that just seems a little unnecessarily hostile. Yeah. Yeah, so to me, like, I, f- I put this one, like, just above four stairs, like, I'd give this, like, a six and a half, I suppose. Like, it's not bad. I, I like the premise of it more than the actual execution, but it was neat. I don't think I was kind of disappointed in actually playing it, but I thought it was, I like the idea a lot, and I do think that what it does with the assets is really cool. I just don't didn't enjoy the actual process of playing the game one iota, aside from I did really like the jump scare the first time it happened. So, uh, and, and the, the initial build up to what goes on is pretty cool too. So I'll give it, I don't know, around a six. Cause it just, I think it, run, I think it runs out of steam the moment it actually becomes a game instead of a cool idea. Word up. And I so will give means, it nothing. <laughs> okay. That means the last game I played was the complex found footage. So front ski. Front Street. Front ski. What the fuck is that? What are you mean? trying to say, front guy? Fr- <laughs> Don't front ski, broski. On Front Street, um, I did not finish this game. I watched somebody finish it mm. because I got fucking lost and I never once found what you were supposed to find. Oh, really? So I'm interesting to hear. Yeah. I don't know how. I'm one of those people that would just be roaming the back rooms forever. Did you get lost in the first floor? First floor. Oh, buddy. No. That's a wow. bummer because. This was yeah. actually my favorite of the games we played this week. <laughs> it, the the playthrough that I watched, I really enjoyed like the flow of the game though, and I was like, "Damn!" And I meant to go back in and play it again after I knew what to do, and then uh, I didn't. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> so to basically sum it up, this is this is a game that is based on the the back rooms creepypasta, and it's very very specifically based on the aesthetics of the Kane Pixels YouTube series about it, where it's very VHS oriented and found footagey um it does a phenomenal job replicating the visual style and feel of those like this is easily the best looking game and best feeling game we played that by a huge margin this felt like it could have been done by a full professional school yeah i i also want to say again that um windigoon also has a video on the back rooms if anybody would like to watch it although it's much longer than the forest and the stairs video yeah, the cool the cool <laughs> thing about the the complex is like we've played other games. I felt like in the past that try to use the whole uh, camera as a basically view of the game the whole time. I feel like this is one of the best executed, just looking like you're looking through a camera. Like because I know Blair Witch did it, Outlast Two kind of did it. I feel like this one did a much better job of making you feel that immersion of just being with a video camera. Like I felt like I had a '90s video camera the whole time. Yeah. I, I think the thing that made it interesting was like a lot of the other ones I feel like use like kind of a like a pre-made unity movement system or whatever. This game um, 
like the movement you felt like you were really walking like the movement had heft to it i even yeah. noticed if you sprinted and then tried to stra- uh, strafe from a sprint your dude would kind of lurch forward some before he started to strafe you couldn't just strafe run like you're playing doom or something like it you felt like you had weight and heft yeah um i do <clears throat> i do want to point out that this game i mean obviously the back rooms also deals with liminal space mm. right and i don't really vibe much with the first room of the back rooms like the yellow wallpaper like that doesn't really bring too much weirdness to me when you started going into some of the other places that were in this game Mm. it really started to make me be like okay that does kind of look like something i've seen before and that's exactly what it's designed to be yeah it's like somewhere you've been before but it's just off like the one thing that this game really did well was like you know that feeling of being somewhere where you're not supposed to be like that's the feeling I had the entire time I played this game. It was just like, I'm not supposed to be here. This is freaking weird. Yeah, or like something's watching that. you. Oh, sorry, Willie. I was just saying, not only that, but it gave me the exact feeling of like having an anxiety dream where you're lost somewhere where you're not supposed to be. Like, if any of y'all want to know what having anxiety is like, it's like playing this game 24-7. <laughs> yeah, and it's been trying to... I don't know. I was always like... <clears throat> When I was watching the video and when I was playing in the first room, I was just, I kept expecting something to come out because I know that hmm. the back rooms has monsters. You know what yeah. I mean? There are creatures that roam, roam within the back rooms and I just kept waiting and waiting for it. But I don't know about you guys. I never saw it. I played the game twice and encountered nothing. I did actually really, really briefly see like the squiggly creature run by. Really? You did? Yeah. Uh, in the area that kind of first reprises the yellow wallpaper office area. Yeah. Like, okay. I saw it kind of poking out. I was I tried to follow it, but I couldn't find where it went. Because, like, at this point, I didn't know if there was a, what the end of this game was going to look like. And I'm like, if I get killed, that's pretty much an end. Yeah. So, basically, when you're wandering through these back rooms, like, the weird thing is, like, you'll see things that don't just are out of completely out of place. Like I remember I was walking through this yellow room on this, the yellow part on my second time. And I ended up walking into a kitchen, just like a kitchen in somebody's house. Hmm. And it was like, Oh, this is weird. I'll tell you the one that really like, for some reason, a lot of these little offnesses really bothered me. And the two that stuck out to me the most was uh, the no bicycling sign in the pool. Mm. And uh, there's a saying in, like, the suburbs where you walk into a house and in the back wall of it is, like, gym bathroom locker room doors. And they both have two doorknobs on them, like, right next to each other. And this just really weird configuration. It made it look like an alien was trying to assemble the world from your own thoughts or something. <laughs> Did either of you um, stumble upon in that very first area? The big open room with just one singular dining room chair sitting in the middle. No, there was a lot of weird shit like yeah, that. Though. Like at one point out. in the office space, I found like a electrical post just sticking straight up for no reason. It just shit like that kept making me go ah. This yeah, is wrong. So when you play the game, is like what you're looking for. You find out eventually is elevators, so you can go up elevators to try to go to the next floor of um the back rooms. And so like the transition from the first to the second, like you go up the elevator and then you end up in a area that's very much swimming pool, but like the entire thing is swimming pool. Like it, how, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It's really freaking weird. It, it felt like it was a shopping mall or a school, but made out of swimming pool and tile. It was really weird and freaky. It was my favorite floor by far. 
Like, I don't know what that is. I don't feel like I've ever had a dream about this kind of place before, but it feels like it was ripped right out of my weirder dreams. I just have, I just found a good screenshot of the pool area I'm going to post in the, the out of context nice. and see if anybody yeah, yeah, else yeah. is like, whoa, what the fuck is that? I realize, I feel like I recognize that. <laughs> wow, that screen is bright, Dalton. Like, your face is super white right now. <laughs> I, look, I look like one of those anime characters. <laughs> But so you keep going from floor to floor. I think one of the best segments of doing that, though, was there's this one floor that you get in the elevator and instead of the elevator going up, you hear a knocking on the elevator and then you the elevator door opens back up and you go to leave. But now there's a bunch of chairs and stuff all stacked in front of the entrance to the elevator. So you just get back on the elevator. It takes you up to the next floor. I didn't see that, but I actually had an elevator glitch out on me one time, so I might have missed that. Oh scene. yeah, that scene was like like the elevator. Like that was the scene that kind of converted the somebody there with you. The elevator closed without me in it on one of the floors, and there was a really long section, and then I just ended up teleporting to the next floor. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but like, oh, like. Oh, the pool floor really got to me. What was I was going to say? Oh, I thought it was really interesting that you perceived the elevators as going up because for some reason I thought of it as going down between mm. floors. So did I. It's going down. Yeah. Okay. But I don't have any reason why you would think either way, actually. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, I think my favorite floor was the one where you walk out of the elevator and you're outside and you're like in that like little suburb looking area and you take yeah. like five steps out and all of a sudden like the sky goes red <laughs> yeah. and you just expect, okay, this is where I'm going to get killed finally. <laughs> yeah. But then it doesn't happen. Yeah. And you just continue to walk through the suburb and you make it to the next elevator. There was just a great amount of tension. Like all the time I felt like I was lost. Like something bad has to be about to happen, but I don't know what. And the soundtrack, there's this really great, uh, it's a, like ambient soundtrack. They like completely... It just really, I don't know how to phrase it. It, it, it complements everything really well. It's a very quiet. There's not a lot of like, it's not like musical instruments or something. It's more noises and sounds for the most part. But it does just a lot to um, keep you on edge. And like, it's hard to distinguish between what's in the soundtrack and what's happening around you. Like what you need to actually look at. Yeah. I spent a lot of time like, it would have looked if you watched a playthrough of me like a one of those found footage YouTube channels because there were moments where I would like be walking around you know, like whip around really quick to make sure nothing's following me and then turn mm-hmm. back forward and uh, I was like doing that I'm like this looks exactly like one of those films yeah. like I know a lot of the you know a lot of horror games indie horror games are built around premises based on like creepypasta and internet phenomena and stuff and I'd say this one does the most I've seen with both found footage and with a single like horror concept in terms of the back rooms mm-hmm. like this this nailed the back rooms vibes yeah like I felt like yeah. it definitely was the this was the back rooms like there was no doubt about it this wasn't anything else uh, the game kind of ends on you get in the elevator one last time you go up and the elevator kind of st- stops right between floors and opens up and then you feel like the elevator is about to drop and then the camera kind of just appears in a trash can back in the real world and it's somebody finding the found footage from your time in the back room which i thought was a kind of neat ending i kind of liked that ending for it yeah 
it's it's cool, but it also leaves the question of what happened to your character too. Yeah, you know, it's just like hmm. that's exactly. the point, I think. Yeah. But like, it's like yeah. it's a cool it's a cool unresolved mystery to me. Like, did you vanish? Did you end up back there too? What happened? Did you die? Did you get eaten by whatever the back rooms is? Is it a liminal space that shut itself behind you with you inside forever, or were what are you? Or is it even real? You know, like, I don't know. It was cool. I mean, it did kind of imply there was some kind of science experiment thing going on yeah. too, but that wasn't very much explained. No. The one thing I thought was interesting too, though, is like I did not – because I played the game twice and I did not encounter the squiggle monster at all. But I saw screenshots of it. I was like, is somebody just putting this in a screenshot? Because it looks really weird. But I was like – did somebody just kind of Photoshop this in and post it onto the community page? <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally did a br- really briefly. Like, I'm saying, like, less than a second. I was, like, almost unsure I saw wow. anything at all. But, like, no. it was definitely there. Now, now, Nate, you mean to tell me in the community section, all them fucking pictures with, like, Walter White <laughs> and SpongeBob, those aren't and among us. You're yeah. fucking with me. You're fucking with me. <laughs> Um. So, what would you uh, what would you guys give this? Yeah, game as a rating. It's, like I said, this was by far my favorite that we played. I, I'm fully willing to give this one an eight, which is really good for. I'm furry. giving this a ten out of oh, ten. Really? I'm giving this a ten out of ten. I think this was an unqualified success. I thought you said you weren't like, going to give anything I, more than. Um, that oh, that was me. you. Okay, that was him. <laughs> Might be. Um, you don't even listen to me. You listen to other people and claim this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this an eight as well. Um. Eight is, like I said, is probably going to be the highest that I go. Um, but I thought that this was really cool, even though I ended up watching somebody play it. I still had that dread the entire time that something was bound to happen eventually, and then it never fucking did. Yeah. And then, and then it's almost like it's almost like when you you're getting it, you're waiting for that jump scare so you can have that big blast of in, like mm. that rush, and then you feel better afterwards because your body's got the endorphins and the goodies running. That shit never comes either. So they just like keep you tense and dreadful this entire game, and then it just yeah. boom, it just it ends. blue balls. So you get it's like it's edging lo- the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it was like the horror equivalent of like a sneeze that never quite comes, but of course this is this podcast, and we can't do it that nicely. <laughs> <laughs> edging a sneeze. <laughs> but man, oh my, yeah, it was edging a sneeze. Worlds collide. Oh, good lord, <laughs> the the pool the pool level especially, I got turned around. And when I thought I might be coming back up on the original elevator, I literally was like, no, 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 no. Like, I said that out loud while walking towards the elevator. Like, this isn't the one I came from. No, no. Like, that just felt so wrong and bad. It was just like those dreams. It was – I was absolutely amazed by how perfectly this game did this. Yeah, it was was really good. Yeah. Um, before, before we jump into community questions, there's one other thing I want to ask you guys if you've ever experienced. So I, I don't know where you could like buy it or anything, but I know it's on YouTube. There's this album, um, and it might be one song. I don't remember the name of it. I'll have to, I'll post it in chat, but it's like six and a half hours long. Oh yeah. But it, it represents what it's like to get dementia. And it's like the slowy descent. So it starts off sounding like, like, I think it's jazz music, like beautiful, like, like what you would hear in a restaurant while you're eating and things like that. And then it just starts getting jumbled and there's other noises coming in and it gets really like avant-garde and harsh for a long time. And then it just starts to fade and get quieter and just then it gets really pretty at the end, but you can barely hear it. 
like dude it's fucked up it's it's supposed to be like how your mind goes through dementia where it's like you're normal then you kind of lose your shit and then you just slowly descend into the I've, end I've, I've heard of this and i don't think i would be able to take it man i've only so i listened to i think two hours of it before i tapped out and started skipping through just to see what the rest of it sounded like because yeah it's not it's not a pleasant experience <laughs> It's just uh it's just something that it's, it's just a wild experience. It really is. Um, and it's that and, is also an art. <laughs> yeah. And I and I find that that thought horrific. Yeah, so same. I wanted to throw it in for horror. Like <laughs> that is horror, but that's the kind of horror that I just like terrible thing I don't want to think about horror, not Freddy Krueger jumping out and going, yeah. Boo, I gotcha. Existential existential dread horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so. and then it's just outside of my scope of what I find to be recreational yeah. horror. <laughs> I feel that. All right. Well, then that jumps into uh, our community questions, yeah. I believe, then, gentlemen, right? We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a we letter. Just got a Wonder who it's from. from. The- this one's from Kana. It- if you could adapt any video game into a TV show or movie, what would it be? And you can't say Witcher Dalton. That's already been done. No, I know that. Witcher up, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, wait, hold on. I have a letter here. It's from Nickelodeon. It says, cease and desist. I don't know what that's about, <laughs> but <laughs> no, um, let's see if I can adapt any video game. Can you know what? Derek, tell me to, see, to shut up after doing the Blues Clues mailbag <laughs> song. Get out of here. <laughs> um, here's Nate's fail. It makes me well. I'm going to kick him in his tail. <laughs> mean. What? <laughs> Oh, Tomb Raider's also been done. You know what I want? What? I want a Ratchet and Clank animation style Crash Bandicoot movie. That'd be cool. Or TV show. Make it a TV show. Fuck it. Make it a kid's show. I'd still watch it. Down. What about you guys? See, I would say one, but I don't think, I don't trust anybody like HBO or anybody to do it. And that would be like Yakuza. Because like, I don't. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Was Yakuza as an HBO? I just don't think they can get that correct balance of just drama and whimsy that Yakuza Zero had. You know what I mean? Like it's such a delicate operation there. Uh, but what I thought that would end up doing well would be Borderlands, though. I think a Borderlands show would be really oh. good. I think that that's in the works actually. Borderlands, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I heard that Kevin Hart got cast to play as Roland, <laughs> and I was like. Roland's like a big soldier guy. How the hell is that going to... Well, whatever. Yeah. So, what do you think, Willie? I think that they should make a Mario movie, but cast Paul Blart <laughs> as <Mario>. go. <laughs> Quickly, the Yakuza thing, give that to South Korea. Oh, that's a great idea. The people that do those K-dramas and stuff. Yeah. And their versions of telenovelas. Yes. Let those guys sort that out. And the Yakuza would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You, I think you've actually kind of yeah. got it. I think that was, that's the answer. Um, I think they should do it in reverse and they should make a video game out of Bob the Builder. I don't have an answer for this one for some It's reason. harder than it sounds because like, if you start thinking about it, you're like, I'd like to see a Donkey Kong show. Oh, that existed and it was horrible. Like, there's so many things that yeah. actually were at some point translated to movie or TV. There was a pilot for a Battletoads cartoon. Like, they've done them all, man. It probably, it, it has potential. A Duke Nukem series. Hmm. Or he's just like, what am I going to get into today? <laughs> hope, hope, hopefully a babe's pants. 
I feel like Duke Nukem would work well if you did kind of a Ash versus the Evil Dead style way after the original story thing, but everyone thinks Duke is kind of a washed up loser. And then you can have him be kind of badass in his own way, but also he's still kind of cringe at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta keep the cringe. You gotta like yeah. he's gotta and like make it to where people now just kinda like when he says his catchphrases, like no one's like high fiving him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just kinda like shuffles their papers and goes back and he's just like <laughs> Exactly. That is exactly what <laughs> nice, I'm talking that'd about. Be good. <laughs> but then he still like he still does eventually kick some alien ass, and you kind of love him for it at the same yeah. time. Goes like, oh, this guy sucks, but he had some good times. <laughs> nice. All right. I guess I can lead us into the next question. Yeah, I'm just piggybacking. Uh, stealing yeah, there's three answers. Answer. <laughs> good. Uh, what what game? This is from Jeff. What game do you love, but everyone else hates? And I'm really thankful that I filled out that fun little um, thing that Dalton sent out about you video games. So the game that I love that everyone hates is Predator for the NES. <laughs> I love that game. That's and funny. I don't care what you think. I mean, it's a bad game, but like, at least it's a funny <laughs> bad game. And it's actually kind of an entertaining yeah, speed um, run. Like, I'm surprised by how good the speed run of that <laughs> game is. That's just because you're watching me do it and I'm the second best in the world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> humble brag like silver medal baby oh man. man i don't remember what i put on that thing so i'm trying to remember you boys got to be prepared <laughs> i know i should start looking at the questions before we do the episode and just coming up with answers in fact i'm gonna open up the question list now so i can at least get a couple thoughts in advance on a couple other ones i'll say hyper hyper dimension neptunia because people were like hit and miss actually i'll say the hyper dimension neptunia spinoffs because people are very stunned hit and that y'all aren't saying final fantasy 8 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My answer is Final Fantasy That's a really good point. <laughs> like, I feel like that is easily the most divisive Final Fantasy game. Like, you feel like you're being edgy if you say Final Fantasy VI or Seven sucks. You feel like you're being edgy if you say Eight was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was, though. Agree. You can just call me My Edge. <laughs> Um, let's see. I know there's some trash games. I think before my go-to answer to this is I really got way too much mileage out of the PlayStation 2 Rocky yeah. game. I feel like we've done this question on the show before, and I think that was your answer. I think that worked. Get him, Rocky. All right. And then Jeff can't leave it at that. He also wants to know what game do we hate that everyone else loves. And for me, that was Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Like, there's such a big hype around it, and I feel like a lot of people bought it. But I played that game, and it was not good. It just wasn't. The controls are bad in that game. Dead by Daylight. Dang. Uh, but I'll play it with people <laughs> that want to play it. I just don't particularly care for it because it's hide-and-seek. I like playing hide-and-seek. <laughs> yeah, in person. But <laughs> hide-and-seek can be fun in video game. Who's Your Daddy is basically hide-and-seek gone asymmetrical, and it's fun. Uh. Hate is a strong word because usually if I find a game just kind of tedious, I won't keep on playing it. Oh, sorry, you said you, but, said, uh, you said hate is a strong word. It just made me think of that song. It, sorry, I no. He just started lip syncing some song and headbanging, and me and Nate were just like so <laughs> blank. Sorry, yeah, sorry. It's hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. <laughs> is what the song says. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> nice. Oh man. Ugh. I, I completely lost my train of thought. I don't think I'm going to come up with another right, that's this fine. One. We'll keep rolling with it because we do have a lot of questions tonight. The next one is from Adam. Will you ever play Batman Arkham Origins for the podcast? Yes. Yeah. I'd say that's that seems real. I, if I'm yeah. going to pick one, I'm going to pick 
Origins before I pick Night, so it's a likely chance that it's going to be the next Batman game we do. That's fair. Um, and then from Adam as well, what is the best Ninja Turtles game? Uh, I'm going to be the basic bitch and say Turtles in Time because I think it's the only one I've ever played. It's a good game. Um, there's one... I feel basic, too, because I liked the, the second NES game the best. I, those two are objectively very correct answers, so um, I'm going to kind of veer away from those two. I really thought you were going to say Shredder's Revenge, and we could all just pick safe favorites. No, there is this game. It's a fan-made game, actually, called um, Teenage Mutant Turtles mm. Rescue Palooza, and it's right. like this amazing beat-em-up that takes elements from all the other Ninja Turtles games has an insane cast of playable characters. Like, name a Ninja Turtles character, they're playable. Like, I was, remember playing with Dave one night, and he was like, you saw, uh, Yojimbo Yusagi, is that his name? The rabbit guy? And yeah. I was a rock steady. Like, there's so many different characters you could actually play as. It was really cool. Was that the one that y'all were, uh, like, setting up the shit online for a while? And, like, it was, like, Dave, you, Grim, and I think some other people that were all into that game for a little bit? Or am I thinking of a different Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? They also did that with Shredder's Revenge, but I think I remember them playing some online with this game. Yeah, I know know me and Dave did that. We tried to get this to work with more people, but we had a lot of trouble with it. But me and Dave were able to figure it out one night. But we did play um, Shredder's Revenge uh, as a group because you can play up to six players at a time we did that on over on the tad pog oh, discord wow. it's a really fun game too like i'd highly recommend that one for another great turtles game like turtles is, has a pretty good track record with video games the only one that's really bad is the first nes game yeah and even then that's i mean it's like it's bad like bad objectively looking back but it's one of those games that wasn't so bad that if someone bought it for you as a present and you only had eight games or whatever that you wouldn't get as much mileage yeah. out of it as possible you know it's yeah. just with me in my nes collection now that's one that i'm never gonna put in the nes like i honestly think that predator is a better game the turtles one the most va- the most valuable service turtles one gives us is being able to say that the damn level isn't very hard because it's one of those levels like the uh, Battletoads Turbo Tunnel where everyone thinks it's hard, but if you've beaten it once, you can beat it kind of every yeah. time, and then you can look like a pro. Which uh, which Turtles game was it that came out on PC and had the jump that you couldn't get across? Uh, that was the NES the one, the first NES game, but it was the DOS yeah. port of it. The DOS, okay. I was like, I remember that being a thing where you couldn't beat, they made it where you couldn't beat the yeah. game because they didn't finish it Yeah. Yeah, they did something to screw up the jumping code. And that game has really weird code in the jumps in the first place. I watched an entire freaking video about it. Like, the tall jump is actually just an under-the-hood double jump. That's weird. Okay. Um, Our next question. um, This one's from Fenris. Have you ever been asked? (laughs) Fenris is so polite when he asks a question. (laughs) Like, what is your favorite quote from a video game? No, it's written as, have you ever been asked what your favorite quote from a game is? And I wanted to say, yes, we have, by you, just now. Next question. <laughs> I can't be that mean to Fedor. He's just trying to be polite. I know. <laughs> My favorite game quote is easily from the original translation of Final Fantasy Tactics, which is it's very early on in the game, and some bandits are, like, causing shit, and Delita just says, like, blame yourself for God. And it's, like, such an insanely metal line out of nowhere. <laughs> That's funny. So, I have two that jump out to me. The first one is, hey, I can see my dick from up here. <laughs> and that's not my serious answer. My serious answer is war. War never changes. 
That's an immortal one. It's the first line in every Fallout game. Like, yeah, one of my favorite ones is from Dragon Quest Eleven, and it's just this like side character, not even one of the main characters, Dave, who's like the boat captain for Silvando in that game. <laughs> and I can't remember the exact context scene, but I have a screenshot of it on my computer because it cracks me up, and it's just Dave going, "Crikey, here it comes." Oh, I'm too young and beautiful to die. <laughs> um, it should be pointed out that Dave is a huge hulking dude in a, a pink like leather mask that covers his entire yeah. face. Yeah, Dave rules, dude. Um, I one other quote that just always makes me laugh in Skyrim. If you're using <clears throat> Sophia, who's a mod follower, she has this one quote where she's like, I used to hang out in the churches a lot, but I got tired of all the incest. And then she stops for a minute and you're walking like I always stop and turn around and look at her because I'm just like, what? And she says, did I say incest? I am so sorry. I meant incense. They gave me a head. <laughs> <laughs> it just oh, cracks geez. me up every time. Nice. That feels like that could have been an actual line from Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's another one of my favorite lines. Real yeah. Is the the yep, necrophilia thing in Oblivion. Yeah. 100%. That's the exact vibe I was picking up, yeah. <laughs> Cuckoo. All right, so, Nate, do I need to explain shipping to no, you? No, I'm very okay. aware of what shipping is. <laughs> I did not know until it was it was disclosed to me, so. This one's... I like when... Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say something stupid. Yeah, so this is from Jeff, and who are your favorite shippings? My favorite shipping is the time the Ever Given got stuck in the Suez Canal and blocked traffic for all commercial vehicles in that part of the world for weeks. My favorite shipping is Amazon Prime 2 Day. Okay, we can give real answers now. Man, my throat is fucking fucking up today. Um, I think that, man, it's always been Squall and Renoa. Is it a ship if it's canon? Wait, what? If they canon get together, it's whack. That's not shipping. Oh, well, then what is shipping? Am I... am I Shipping is when you, as a fan, put together your ideal oh. relationships. Oh! Lara Croft and, and Drake. Canon ship is, does not count. Drake? Yeah, they got uh, Drake from uh, Drake's Fortune. Uh, Uncharted, the main character. Oh, Nathan Drake. I thought you meant Drake the Rapper. <laughs> That's even better, though, TBH. Um, hotline I, bling. You can say what you want, but mine is Chun-Li and me. <laughs> <That's>, okay, <laughs> you guys are doing so bad with the. I was gonna take it seriously after giving stupid. <laughs> I can't. I don't. That's not something I, was I do. Say, I, honestly, I haven't even played any of the games where they interact yet. But I already feel a very, very, very huge uh, sympathy for Kiryu uh, and uh, Majima Shippers. <laughs> like I feel like they've got to be on base. It just it sounds right yeah. from the get go. Kyukin Majima. No. Yeah, Majima. Majima. Kagome Inuyasha. <laughs> uh yeah, I can't think of any others right off hand. I mean I'm sure I could, but there got have been a I mean, come on, you had to have been like, man, Selfie shouldn't have got with Irvin. She should have got with you know, like that, you know, something. Uh yeah, Candy Kong should have got with Diddy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think Anne in Persona Five should have gotten with Yosuke. Okay, there you go. I don't know what that means, but it's a, that's a, that counts. That counts. You will know eventually. I know. We're definitely. I mean, I think it's nobody should have gotten with Rydia in Final Fantasy IV. Damn. <laughs> I agree, though. That is that is a child that just you magically aged up, and that gives me the willies. Yep. All right. 
Next one, I don't know that I have a good answer for the first half of it, but this one's from Adam. What is your favorite prequel game and favorite sequel? I don't know a lot of prequels. Oh. And, and so prequels, it's interesting. I, I can't question. think of a lot yeah. of video game prequels personally. You want me to throw my, your mine out and then it might yeah. help you? I do not mind. Yakuza Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Busted. We can't all say Yakuza an Zero. Now. My favorite prequel game. It's a prequel to the Sinnoh region of Pokemon, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Ah, that is a prequel game, and it is very good. That, that is a prequel. That's a good call. That's a good call. But um, yeah, because Zero, it's, that is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a really hard one to talk, because that's like, a, our, you could ask what's my favorite game, and there's a chance that I'll say that. <laughs> so, favorite prequel, let alone. Um, again, I had something and lost it, but... Oh, um, I think it's kind of neat. I mean, I don't know if this even counts as a sequel or a prequel because it's more of a retelling that happened after other games. But Super Castlevania mm. Four is like Castlevania One again yeah. after the like after Three came out, but before the I events of that. Three. So that's that. kind of neat. All right, and then sequel. How did I come to think of it, the entire Castlevania timeline is turbo. Half the games are pretty much pre- especially like I think. Uh, uh, Harmony of Dissonance happens at like almost the very, or uh, sorry, Aria of Sorrow happens at like the mm-hmm. very end of the timeline, basically. So pretty much any game that came out after that counts yeah. as a prequel, <laughs> except Dawn of Sorrow, which I guess is a direct sequel. Shut up. What sequels I mean, though? See, my my instinct is to say Persona Five, but I can't because that's not a sequel to anything. That's just the fifth game in that series. They're all different. You know, so it's like E. Well, I was gonna say Ease does have a sequel, so doesn't it? Ease, yeah, and Ease is all out of order too. Okay. Um, cool. As far as where they happen in the timelines, but I'm say, so I'm gonna go Witcher three. Nice. It's just real good. <laughs> I, I think I'm actually gonna go with, and a lot of people don't agree with me that it's a better game than the than the first one, but I think the sequel is better. Super Mario Galaxy two. Oh, I fully agree. That is. If I didn't already have something I was going to say, that's, a, again, one of my possible picks for the best game of all time, let alone best sequel. I love Mario Galaxy 2. I think it's one of the most just joyful platforming experiences I've ever had. Every challenge felt good. And even, like, the green star, it was, like, a completely different yeah. game mechanic, hunting down the green stars. But I really enjoyed that they gave you the, the visual clue, the clue for the shadows, and the sound being really loud. Like, all that put together made finding them, like, not tedious in the same way that, like, red coin stages can be tedious in 3D Mario games. Like, it's crazy how well yeah. they did that. Uh, my, my answer is Doom 2. Oh, uh, yeah, that... Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm going to skip around in the questions list a little bit to keep it interesting. I'm going to put a couple of cool questions together. This one's from Nate, and he asked, Why isn't the handsomest oh. host on this episode? Well, he is now. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Nate. I really appreciate hearing from you. That guy's a piece Ryan of shit. Ryan isn't on this episode. <laughs> 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 this one's from Chadwich No Crust. If you had to eat more than one fruit in a single sitting, what would you choose? Grapes don't count. It like has to be a full-size fruit, like a banana or an apple. <laughs> That is one of the best questions I think we've ever gotten in a show because that is why did you think of that? That is that's one of those questions that if you ask people enough times, that could be one of those de- designated Reddit icebreakers. Like, would you rather fight a thousand horse-sized elephants or one? Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't get yeah. that right. It's mouse-sized yeah. horse or whatever. I have an immediate answer. 
Oranges. Oranges are good, and one is never enough anyway, so give me two oranges. Yo! I was thinking clementines, but that's just baby back bitch <laughs> oranges, so I have to come up with a different answer. Clementines are delicious. They are. They are. They are, but you eat like three of them. Yeah, you eat like four of them. <laughs> Uh, my- like if I eat clementine, I'm gonna have to eat like some peanut butter with it or something, or I'll have to pretend it was like not even a snack. It's like a drink. Um, I'm gonna go apples. I love apples. I don't think I've ever housed back to back apples. I have been on the banana train before Just though. Double fist and bananas. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like Donkey Kong? It's very <laughs> awesome. Uh- Oh, there's quite a few. I feel like I've had multiple. You know, I just said I've never done it with apples before, but pears Ooh. and Asian pears I've done. Yeah, that's a good before. choice. Pears are good. Sometimes when you're in the mood for a pear, you just want more pear. And I'm not it's like, I feel like pear isn't as everyday as apple, but it's like when you're in the mood for it, it's better apple. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Peaches, I can do. That. Yeah, it's a good call. It's kind of like it's kind of like how lime is better lemon. You know, it's just like the same but a little bit twisty. <laughs> All right. And now I want to put a bunch of weird questions together. So, first one comes from who? Jer? Jer? Jersey? Jeremy. 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 There we go. From Jersey Mike's. <laughs> this is Fuck Mary Kill. Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. That question is really different depending on whether I want to take it very literally or if I want to go with like the pseudo traditional thing where you just mean which is your favorite, second and third favorite. Because if I'm taking it literally, then boy, that's. I'm taking it literally. Oh. Here's my answer. I'm killing Freddy Krueger immediately because he's the most dangerous and I, there's no chance he's- of my survival with Freddy Krueger alive. And he's a pedophile. Yeah, that that too. Yeah, that's the way you can't pick F for him. That's the problem I'm having. That's why I didn't want to take it too um, early. I'm going to... I'm going to fuck Michael Myers and marry Jason Voorhees because he's a mama's boy. But what my hope is, is oh. Michael Myers is going to get jealous and Freddie and Michael are going to fight it out over me. And while they're fighting it out, I'm running. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with F, uh, Michael Myers, because I think there's a good chance he's the best looking. <laughs> True. I mean, there's, there's, he's the only one there's a chance looks halfway normal. <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, and if not, I mean, he's got a Shatner mask on, so. Yeah. You can put the, it's like the paper bag. <laughs> Wait, the paper bag would be Freddy, uh, Jason, wouldn't it? He literally had the bag in the second movie. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm changing my answer. No, I can't change it. I've already said it. Uh, I'm going to marry Freddy Krueger because he'd at least make me laugh. <laughs> So I guess that means I'm killing Jason. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to fuck Jason, marry Michael, kill Freddy. I think I feel like killing Freddy. It, it is the correct, correct move, but I had to be different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every every bit of reasoning you gave is right. He's a pervert and he's the most dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you can get him not around, that's yeah. the winning play. Here's our next weird question. This one comes in from Paul. If you nut in space, does it push you backward? Yes. Yes, it does. Paul, that is that is a reference to my brother, my brother. And me. <laughs> I have seen that episode. I've seen animatics of that particular moment, and it's but a very good. But the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I mean that's that is how not very much, but by a tiny bit, like inversely proportional yeah. to the volume. Well, not inversely, but yeah, I guess inversely. Because like if you blasted, 
like if you blasted one pound of I know that sounds ridiculous, but we're just doing it for math purposes. One pound of stuff with 200 pounds of force that you would be pushed back with one pound of force if you weighed 200 pounds. Okay. This is far too silly. So it's like somebody threw a candy bar at you. Like, whatever that would knock you back. When is this getting, when is this getting patched into Kerbal Space Program? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jed's just up there when busting you're nuts. In space, it you backwards. <laughs> okay, this next one comes in from Dane. Fuck Mary Kill. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Fruit Brutes. You want a fruit brute instead of boobers? Huh? At least this one has a corporeal yeah. form, you know, you're not just trying to go into the oh. ether on it. That does make yeah, that, but that, I think blueberries. It's too easy because of that. You're right. Also, you can't really kill a ghost. He's already dead, man. So, um, mine mine is in the order you read them. So, fuck Mary Kill. I'm gonna fuck Count Chocula, Mary Frankenberry, and I'm gonna kill Fruit Brute. Yeah, that's respectable. I'm gonna marry Count Chocula because I feel like he has the money. Uh-huh. He's a count after all. Frankenberry got that Franken. Yeah, that's why I'm fucking him. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it's an unfortunate circumstance because I don't want to but I'm going to have to kill Fruit Brute here yeah I, I, I see your reasoning and I thought you were going to end up with the same as I did um, but I, 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 I started off with Mary Count Chocula because uh, I mean he just seems like the most stable yeah. by far like even if you like look at the parallel to Universal Monsters I feel like Count Dracula is the one that has his shit together the most that's fair is, is the Fruit Brute yeah, a wolf, the, the wolf man or the mummy no the other one's fruity yummy mummy. Dude. That's the mummy's fruity yummy mummy. Right. Well, um, that was still going to be my F, but I don't get to make the comedy <laughs> joke I was going to make. <laughs> Didn't I complain about the show being you too did, you earlier? What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, well, that was before you sang Blue's Clues songs. <laughs> we got to balance. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's also, he's a werewolf. Come on, that's inherently hot, obviously. Yeah. Nate, you're letting Scott Howl down. Sorry, Scott Howell. My, or maybe you only have ice for one werewolf. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna not do the next weird question. I'm gonna take us back to a more normal question. Um, this one's from Fenris. What was the gateway game that turned you on to your favorite genre? What's your favorite genre? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, my favorite genre is platformers. It always has been, and I think it always will be. And I think that all stems from Super Mario Brothers for the NES being one of my first video games. Like, platformers are my favorite genre. And I can't think of a platformer I would have played before Super Mario Brothers. Uh, that was the first video game that we really made memories on, for sure. Um, Probably Fantasy Star. Mm. Okay, first RPG. I like that. I'm, you guys know yep. me. I'm the RPG guy <laughs> and I just, I, I didn't, I was not good at it. I was fucking awful at it as a kid, but I still played the shit out of fantasy star. Cause I really liked the monsters designs and I liked the sprites mm. and the things and the, like, I just, I love yeah. it. That's so key to an RPG is having cool monster designs. That, that makes so much stuff help. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you guys think my favorite genre is based on your observations. I can just give an answer. I'm going to say your favorite too. genre is idle games. First person shooter. Uh, I, I don't know that I play that many first-person shooters. I play Doom a lot, but I don't think I play the genre as a whole as much as you might yeah. think. I think idle games uh, kind of idle idle games might be the most my most lifetime play hour. So, um, what was your first idle game? I I mean, strictly speaking, the first one I played was Cookie Clicker, but the first one that no, that's not true. 
The first one I played was either a dark room or candy box. Those were both really different because they were like they were more narrative based, like and built around change. Like this is before Cookie Clicker showed up and really locked in the um, like number go up mechanic as the primary mechanic. So both of these instead had more active elements and more like questing and adventure to them. Like, but they they're really interesting. Like Candy Box used uh, they both were like really really minimal graphics in the browser games. Like Candy Box used OSCII art. Like I remember the shopkeeper was just like a really neat drawing of the fourth doctor, for instance. And if you clicked his scarf a bunch, he got <laughs> mad at you. Nice. Um, or maybe it was his hat, one or the other. But if you, if you clicked enough, you'd eventually start offering you discounts <laughs> to leave him alone, which I thought was very funny. Like, like Candy Box just had a lot of really fun, goofy interactions. It was also made by a French person. I don't know why French people completely destroyed this industry because that, that Candy Box was French. Uh, the guy who made Cookie Clicker is also French. Like, they kill nice. with these games. So. I don't know who made a dark room, but it has a very French feeling to it as well. That one is a much more like it starts off. It just says like you are in a room, you are freezing, the fire is dead, and the only button is stoke flame. And like you build a campfire, and like there's this really like this narrative that comes by over and over. Like wanderer drops by, says they can help craft things and stuff like that. And like over time, you start to build up an encampment, and then eventually you gain the ability to like hunt and then adventure and find out what's going on and there's a big twist to it that's really awesome nice to the surprise of no one the first idle game i ever played sakura clicker on steam <laughs> nice <laughs> waifu clicker figured you didn't have to tell me that <laughs> yeah, yeah I well there might be people listening who don't know yeah it's on All brand right. on brand what was your first waifu game <laughs> Uh, that is a, sim, that is kind of an open ended question. Sim girl I think about it. on E Bomb's world. Wow, Flash Days dating sims with some hentai elements. That is great answer, <laughs> dude. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go down a couple of more normal ones before I make you guys answer something weird again. Um, which horror genre do you think you'd be the most likely to survive in IRL? This is from Dane, and does that change depending on the media representing it, like movie horror versus horror game? Hmm. I think I'm fucked in all of them. Like, let's be real. Like, zombie apocalypse, we all like to think that we have a good strategy and a plan to survive that. We're screwed. No, you're not. I don't think I'm surviving any of them, Dane. I'm screwed either way. (laughs) There was once this tweet I saw that was like, I don't know where people in these apocalypse movies get this will to live. I would simply (laughs) perish. (laughs) What's the point, man? Um, so I'm going to say yes, it does change depending on media, um, because I believe that I could survive in Anne Rice's world of vampires because I mean, it helps that there's not a bazillion yeah. of them. Yeah. And, and I'm not, uh, oh, excuse me. I had to sneeze. Um, I am not like a- attractive enough for Anne Rice vampires to bother, <laughs> but if I did ever see one, I could try to convince them in making me a vampire and then my allure would raise. My, I'm sticking my answer is done. I guess you are too, Willies. <laughs> I, I don't know if I really gave an answer so much as I was being flippant, but um, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I could survive one of those games where you get locked in, like one dude gets in an asi- locked in an asylum and terrible things happen to him by simply not being the dude that's in the <laughs> asylum. Fair. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for no, this one. I think that's fair. Uh, I'll go ahead and hit a few more of these. Weird time. This one's also from Yeah, Dane. it's a weird time. If you had to have sex with a tree, would you use protection or lubrication? You only get one or the other. I feel like you're going to get cut either way and splintered either yeah. way. 
I feel like protection might be the one that gets you out with the least amount of injury. <laughs> I'm raising my defense because I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Go straight Bufuri. Um That is my answer, though. I'm going to go lubrication. Okay. A little sap on it. I feel like that's the take optimistic a, take a little bit of this shit on this. <laughs> squirt it on there. You'd be good to go. I feel like that's, that's, that's the answer you give if you actually think there's a chance you might have yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, because, dude, that tree might have a smooth hole. You don't necessarily have to be fucking the bark, you know what I'm saying? It might Maybe a woodpecker's coming yeah, and done the ruling <laughs> out for you. <laughs> That'd be a heck of a woodpecker. I mean, Dalton would become the woodpecker at that point. <laughs> 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 How do we bring Woody Woodpecker back into this? <laughs> it all comes full circle, baby. I mean, Woody, Woodpecker, Pecker, Wood. Stop it. They're all they're all dick words. Stop it. <laughs> Dalton is laying on the floor just giggling at his own joke and occasionally vibrating. <laughs> right. And the follow-up question from Chadwich No Crust. What kind of tree would you choose? The kind dogwood because its bark is worse than its bite. <laughs> the, the kind that woodpeckers pick. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a nice tall Austrian oak. Wink. <laughs> I'll uh, if, serious answer. I'll go pine tree. I said their bark is. I like said Austrian oak because that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's nickname. Oh, <laughs> see, I didn't know that. But oak tree, they are big and majestic, like me. <laughs> All right, I don't think Willie's gonna answer this. <laughs> okay. I gave an oh, answer. I it was a joke. Oh, dogwood. That's right. That's right. I'm just bad at listening today. That's. I mean, I, what, I'm not going to... What serious <laughs> answer could I possibly have had for that question? I, I just need you to take I, this seriously. <laughs> for what? A, a nice birch tree? Oh, wait. I just thought of a good answer. Cedar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From Fenris, if you could own any animal for any game, what would it be? Bulbasaur. Chocobo. <laughs> She would do my work Just get for Isabel me. to do your taxes. <laughs> she, she'd be sitting on your computer I'm, I'm, playing I'm Doom. I'm just lazy. I'm, yes, I think she would also enjoy playing Doom with me. But it's mostly that I'm lazy. That's funny. Me and Dalton just want pets and companionship. Maybe a nice ride. We only want somebody to do his job for it. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> this is one's from Kana. I want to make sure we at least get through the horror questions. We save some for next week. I think it'll be okay. <laughs> this one's from Kana. What is your favorite horror game? I'm actually enjoying the question set. Okay. I think we can keep this going as long as we can. Favorite horror yes, game? Favorite period? horror game? Hmm. I can't go Doom again. Uh, <clears throat> my gut reaction is PT, but that wasn't really a game. That was a playable teaser. But damn, it did it what it needed to do very well. I feel like um, it counts, yeah. But well, I was, but my my answer would be uh, the OG Resident Evil Three. Nice. Um, I haven't finished this game yet, but I, it has really got me in a place where I think it's going to be my favorite horror game, and that's the Resident Evil Two remake. I, I'm loving it so much. Like I unfortunately haven't gotten around to finishing it, but I really plan on it. Uh, I feel like there's oh no, obviously it's Eternal Darkness. Same uh, as Requiem. That's. I just cool love the insanity effects in that game. That was such a cool thing. I love when games mess with uh, games mess with the game interface itself, and it hadn't been kind of done to death at that point. So it felt like someone had just built an entire horror game out of like the Psycho Mana scene from Metal Gear Solid, and I loved that fact. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yep. You know I love me some Psycho Manas. This next yeah. question is from Jeff. 
Are you excited for the future end of the year episode? Mm-hmm. We had so much fun putting that one together and recording it. Like it was, we got to talk about so many of the things we loved that year and take a few bonus pot shots at things we didn't like as much. <laughs> and it felt like a big celebration of the show and what we've done so far. Yeah, it, I don't know. It was really, it was a really pleasant episode yeah, to record. That was not one of my favorite episodes we ever recorded, and I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, I concur. Mm-hmm. Um, then Jeff, what are some top contenders for Steamy Game of the Year? Like I would tell you now. That's like October already. You should have asked that like at the halfway yeah, point. Not I'm not telling you at this point, line. man. My answer is if you've been listening to the show, you should know what is probably going to be all of our answers. <laughs> we, we might not have the same answers, yeah. but you should know what our answers are yeah, going to got be. <laughs> and then Jeff, are you excited that... Paul, the clues were there for you, yeah. Mr. Policeman. <laughs> Jeff, are you excited that I'll be returning to the podcast soon? Eh, I guess. <laughs> I I think you're going to pick a really strong game, and I'm looking forward well, to it. Well, he's returning for uh, American Truck Simulator next. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, we're doing that first, right. and then we'll, he'll be back in December. Actually, I think we might do end up doing that's both right. of those in December. That makes sense. Oh, man. I, I don't think anyone's going to have an axe in whatever we end True. up playing, which is too bad. But, uh... Axe time was a blast. I, I look forward to it just because I, I know how much he likes American yeah. Truck Simulator, so I think it'll be fun to hear his uh, passion for it come through. I, yeah, I seen him on Steam playing that the other day. We're not even preparing for the recording yet. He just yeah. on it. All right. Next one comes from Adam. What is your favorite console and why? Mine is the NES because it's the console I grew up with. It's the console that I still love to play. It's the console I've dedicated a lot of time to, and I currently collect video games for it like i have a massive nes collection and i love it like it's just my favorite i i think my answer is just identical to that although i will also give a possible runner-up to the genesis because it also has a Mm -hmm. lot of my good times on it but i think like ultimately just the depth of the library of nes games we had uh, it's hard for the genesis to compete with that even if it was really fun and cool uh mine is playstation 2 because there were so yeah. many good games, but it also played my PlayStation 1 games. Yeah. Which was a big kicker for a kid back in the day. It was like, oh, you mean this new console plays all my old shit too? Yeah. It, was, it was great. I still have no idea whether my combined library for the NES or for the PS2 ended up being the largest over time. Because a million of those games as well. And I almost said PS2. Like, it was definitely the next one on my list. Such a good console. Mentally. All right. Next question. Also from Adam. And this one might kind of give away what our next few host picks might be leaning towards. But what's a game that you're looking forward to playing most for the show? Well, I mean, you could probably guess what I would pick, but you'd Persona be wrong because you'd never see it coming. <laughs> it's like John Cena. <laughs> John Cena coming, Persona 5. I guess my answer, one that... It's been a minute since I've played another Metroidvania, and I'm looking forward to playing a Metroidvania yeah. again. And the one I'm most looking forward to right now is Ori in the Blind Forest. I thought Ori might be uh, high up there on your list. I had a few games I've been really looking forward to, but um, I'm, I, I've been kind of saving it for a rainy day, but it won't it won't be very much longer before I want us to return to classic Doom. I feel like Ultimate Doom or Doom 64 nice. is very likely to be the Hell next yeah. pick I got. <laughs> I, I, do, uh, I do want to throw Metal Gear Solid 2 at you guys eventually, too. Just yeah, because I'm of the, super the correlation to, to the way the world is now and how Kojima just apparently saw the future. It was fucking <laughs> wild. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sounds good. And then from Fenris, 
what's a game you're looking forward to that's being released this year? What's um, I have two that I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to Sonic Frontiers and Pokemon Scarlet. Is Sea of Stars still scheduled for 2022? Nope. Nope. Damn. <clears throat> oh, man. So, uh, my, uh, I'll say uh, Persona 3 coming to PC only because mm. I'm pretty excited for One Piece Odyssey. That game looks like it's going to be really fun, and but that got delayed till 23. So, I'm also really excited for Sonic Frontiers, but I'm excited for other people to play Frontiers and tell me if it's any good because I do. Yeah, you're my guinea pig for this one. I do not trust the idea. I don't trust Sonic. I, I just don't. I, I need to let someone else play it. And I will be able to tell whether when you talk about it, if it's good because Nate loves Sonic or if it's actually yeah. a game I like. I'm high, I, I have high hopes. Fingers crossed for it. I, I do, I do too. I just don't have sixty dollars yeah, on Launch Day. I hope I don't have Spider Man hopes to buy it for everybody to make them play it the week it comes out for the podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man, man that was good. All right, this one's Dane. What game had soundtracks good enough to listen to outside of the game? License tracks excluded. So. Okay, so we can't say Grand Theft Auto right. or Rock Band or something uh, like that. Me? I actually have not played this game in a hot minute, but I listened to the entire soundtrack on the airport in the on an airplane on the way to Florida when I was going to Disney, and that was the Dead Cells soundtrack. Oh, I bet you were in your head seeing yeah. every area as you heard. Yeah, each it was song so too. good. Like I just closed my eyes and like I'm actually just feel like I'm playing Dead Cells while I'm just sitting on the plane with my eyes closed. Oh yeah. And then you got off the plane, played the game, and you were two boss cells stronger. It's like that story of the uh, prisoner of war who imagined himself playing a full round of golf every day. And when he got out, his handicap had gone down by like 10 strokes or the something. The funny thing is, I did not take any video games with me to Disney. The only video game I played at Disney was Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, sometimes you just get away from yep. it all, man. What about you, Willie? What about some soundtracks? Oh, I'm sorry. What was the actual what game question? game had soundtracks good enough to soundtrack listen good to enough- outside of the game? Oh, boy. Uh, I have to think if I'm looking for individual songs that I just looked up because I really wanted to hear them, even without the game's context. The games I've looked up the music to the most often, at least over the last year, have probably been Yakuza Zero because I listen to the karaoke songs a lot when I get started driving. So it puts me in a good mood. And um, also The Messenger. Like, that is a great chiptune soundtrack that I keep going back to, especially because each song has the two variations Mm -hmm. and that's super cool. Okay. Um, I mean, all the Persona games. Yeah, I didn't see them, that. Coming. They all have bang set, banger soundtracks. <laughs> You've done that joke already this episode. <laughs> but uh, it's not even a joke. You're just saying sh- the words. I gotta give a shout to Neon Falcom because the tr- the mm. Trails soundtrack is tremendous, and yeah. the Ease games, the Ease games have some absolute banger fucking soundtracks. So. I will say I did listen to a bunch of Trails in the Sky first chapter music too and looked up how to play the town theme on acoustic guitar even. <laughs> so like like I started like I started doing finger picking lessons so I could be able to play that song. Yeah, dude. It's real good. Real good. Alright, next one comes from Chadwich No Crust. Uh what games would you like to be turned into a pinball machine? That's fun. I don't I, like I feel like it probably exists and I just don't know it exists, but I would because I know they make a ton of pachinko tables, but I would love a Castlevania pinball table. Because you can just imagine playing pinball with Vampire, um, just playing in the background. So good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would like an Elder Scrolls machine. Ooh. 
Not necessarily based oh. on any game, just the lore yeah, of the Elder cool. Scrolls. Could be really cool. Similarly, I think it would be really tight if there was a uh, game that tried to do like the vibe of the Dark yeah. Souls series. Or you just fucking throw your ball out and then something just comes out of nowhere and grabs it and pulls it into the wall and they're like, game over. <laughs> you die. <laughs> and then a little like a little plunger reaches out from the bottom of the machine and just punches you <laughs> right in the dick. Yeah. Nice. Uh, following up on that, Kana asks, what is your favorite pinball table? I have a strong answer to this for no obvious reason. Even though I don't think it's really particularly better than any other pinball table I've ever played. I just, whenever I see Black Knight 2000, I have to play Black Knight 2000. The music always makes me smile of the two floor mm-hmm. system to it. And it just, it makes me happy. I'm not very good at pinball. I don't know what makes a pinball table good. I do know that the Black Knight 2000 music just gets me pumped and makes me want to put coins into that machine over and over again. Yeah, for sure. Mine is Terminator 2. Like, I love that pinball machine more than anything. I will own that pinball machine and have it in my house one day. If I were to buy three pinball machines, it would be Terminator 2, Black Knight, and Dalton might be about to say the third one. Do you have one? I have one. Are you thinking I'm going to say Adam's Family? I did think you were going to say Adam's Family, yes. So, that's my physical. That's the physical table that if I could get one, I, that's what I would buy, right? I don't, For sure. I don't, I've never really played a lot of physical pinball, though. So, like... My favorite pinball table is oh, Space Pinball. Space Cadet that's Pinball awesome. for Windows 95. <laughs> yeah. that's I a, played the that's shit out of that actually. <laughs> Man, I've really loved some PC pinball games. There was that. There was Epic Silverball. Man, there were some good ones. There was Yoku's Island. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that game has its moments for sure. Yeah, in both directions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it has its multi-balls and its tilts. So, <laughs> Dane asks, what video game characters do you wish you could cosplay as and pull it off? Okay, go for it. Geralt. Yep. Okay. I think that would be really cool. Juan from Guacamole. <laughs> That's a good choice. Ooh, yeah. I don't have the body for it. I'm going out there like Nacho Libre. <laughs> Dude, mine is honestly always that too. I always... I'm, I gravitate towards large, huge buff men. That's just what I like. Like right now, the first thing that I thought of coming into this question was the um, buff dude from Torchlight that I'm playing right now because I've been playing a lot of Torchlight lately. And I would love oh, to be yeah. able to just cosplay that dude, but I am a chunky boy. <laughs> I just want a sound clip of I'm, Nate saying, I just gravitate towards large. <laughs> you edit the podcast. You can make that happen, Dalton. I know. I'll never remember. I'll never remember. It's on t- It's on TikTok now. <laughs> now we edit this conversation to make it into a TikTok. Uh, man, I've, I don't know why, but ever, ever since I first saw the character, I'm like, man, it would be easy to make that costume and people who know would be real ones is uh, Kyo Kusanagi from nice. King of Fighters. Um, like I thought, like you just you just need basically regular clothes and a headband and to put yeah. your hair a certain way. <laughs> the main cosplay I really want to do isn't even from a video game, but also as I said, it's another big buff burly man <laughs> that I want to be. Uh, I want to be able to do the cosplay of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze from Batman and Robin, but the bathrobe oh. version, not the suited up version. Like you know, where he has burn the bathrobe and has that blue cigar, the frozen cigar. Like I want to do that so bad. <laughs> that would easily be the coolest. I didn't even mean to make an ice pun, but that would be the coolest cosplay at the convention. Man, you say Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze, and immediately ice puns just happen. <laughs> ice to meet you. 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hopefully you're convinced you yeah. a cool party. All right. This one is from Team Retrogue. What up, Nikolov? What's your most expensive hobby? The, this podcast. <laughs> is it really? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, with the games that I bought. Fair. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that until I thought about wh- why we did this podcast, because you have a backlog yeah. of video games. That, that and guitars. Yeah. Uh, probably playing guitar that can get expensive too uh, mine's probably my nes collection because i collect my nes games and that costs me some money sometimes man i don't really spend money on myself i just now realized that's sad i just get myself food You're, and stuff um, diet cokes from the gas station <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm a big fan i'm a big member of the diet coke scene <laughs> the yeah. fandom is lit we're talking about that starlight all right <laughs> Adam actually posted a comic in our questions. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it was the one about which are you? Are you a min-maxer, a role-player, or the high concept? Yeah. I'll have to scroll up to the comic section. Ah, okay. It's not. It's very yeah. close to right now. We, ans- we answered this on Yavspod, too. So, I'm interested to see what y'all answers are first. Oh, then I'll get mine. Uh, this is for, like, uh, this is for... I feel like this for like RPGs where you create a character at the start. So like Western RPGs in particular, like Skyrim type games. I'm definitely the most closest to the high concept. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of, I mean, I don't come up with a massive pun, but I do like the, uh, <laughs> try to figure out the bra- the basic sketch of what my dude's all about. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like I'm the role player because like I, I create a character and then, like, I know what they're supposed to be, what they do. And then when I'm playing as them, I try to follow that. Like, I did that in Fallout 3 when we were playing that. My guy was just, nice guy, going through town, but he'll shoot the bad guys. And then whenever I play Skyrim, I've had a few characters play them different ways. When I was just like, I'm a big buff boy and I only use two-handed weapons. <laughs> kind of guy. Um, so, I feel like I'm the role player out of those. Um, D&D has basically beat it into me that I role play in any of the games it's, it's much easier in games like Baldur's gate and stuff where like you have alignments and things but yeah in skyrim and stuff like that i do try to role play as my character like you know i'll eat and drink even if i don't have to if like if i'm not playing survival mode like i'll have my guy sit down by a fire and have a meal and then like plan out what i want to do the next day and then have him go to sleep and i'll wake up and then go do my thing you know it's just the way I, the way i play it i guess to keep the game interesting after so many hours <laughs> Once every 365 times that Dalton uses an inn, he goes to the Jarl's house in order to pay his taxes. <laughs> um, the thing is, when I started one of those games, like, like I'm the kind of guy that when he'd ask me if I want my character to have scars or tattoos, I'm like, I don't know this guy well enough yeah. yet. And see, if I put a scar on him, I think of a backstory for it in my head, just in case anybody ever asked me about it. Yeah. So, in case someone says, you want to know how I got these scars. <laughs> oh, I got these scars. Damn it. Uh, and then next question is from Adam. And what are some games you have sold or traded in? I don't do that very often. Like, I have most of my video games. Like, the only ones that I've lost have been stolen by my nephews or Willie had them at some point and they disappeared. <laughs> but, like, I don't sell my video games. One that I did sell that I remember because I hated it so bad was the um, 007 GoldenEye game for the Wii. Like, they it was like a remake of the N64 when I just hated it. It was trying to be realistic. And I was like, this isn't GoldenEye. I also just realized I don't like Goldeneye anymore, but <laughs> yeah, that's one that I can think of that I traded in. I can think of one that I traded in that I really regret and I really want to get it again one day. And that is Fire Emblem Three Houses for the Switch. 
traded that. I, I just one day it hit me like, oh, I can trade games in a GameStop and get a new game because I was didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And I went and did that and got a new game, and it was like, oh, well, this new game's cool. And then eventually I'm like, damn, Fire Fire Emblem was really fucking good. Let's play that again. Oh, no, I traded it. So, yeah, that was a bummer. Uh, games never really leave my own personal ecosystem, partly because I'm a hoarder and partly because the easiest place to trade video games away is GameStop, and you get, like, four cents and a coupon for ten cents off of a Big Mac if you trade in <laughs> 70 games. <laughs> yeah. All right, we are down to the last question, which is pretty fitting. Uh, Let's put it off to yeah. Just kidding. What? <laughs> this one comes in from Steph, Maducking Queen, and that is, what's the next games y'all are playing? So, after this next one, ones we have coming up that are kind of scheduled in, we have American Truck Simulator and Kingdoms of Amalur, I believe, are two of the next big ones we're playing. But then, we also have this next one we're picking up. So, guys... I'm going to do the pick on this one. How you feel about that? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. good. So, the next game, guys, that we are going to be playing is... Yakuza Kiwami. Wait. What? No, 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 no. No. Huh? What? No. The game what? that we're Say going it. to be playing is... Yakuza Kiwami. What the... What yeah, the... yeah. Yakuza. You said no, that the first what time. what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. Wait. Well, what... Did... The what, game. Okay, okay. What, what did you say? The game we are going to be playing is the game they are playing is Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. So Yakuza Kiwami. That's fine. Well, I think we're all in agreement here yeah. that we're gonna we're gonna play Yakuza Kiwami. I mean, I man, I've been looking forward to this one for a while, I, dude. Thank you so what much. The, what the, I was gonna pick yeah, it next. Fine. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, then, yeah. Our next game is going to be Yakuza Kiwami. Oh, I thought you said Game Sixty Four. <laughs> Um, so that, I guess, brings us to house cleaning Clean that house, house cleaning. If you would like, please go and leave us a review on iTunes, um, a five star review. That would be great. It helps us out in the algorithm and helps uh, people discover the show. Uh, Spotify also, or you could go leave a one star review to every other (laughs) gaming podcast. (laughs) Uh, except, uh, except revival and extinction, the JRPG report. Factory Sealed and Tadpog. Leave them alone. Everybody else, fuck them. <laughs> who cares? Um, We're coming for you, the besties. <laughs> uh, and then a thumbs up on Spotify would uh, do us a lot of good, too, and I, we would appreciate that. Uh, if you would like to join the Discord, which, like, I don't even I don't even plug our Twitter and Facebook anymore. I'm like, nah, come join the Discord. That's where yeah. it's at. Uh, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters, will get you an invite in. Come and join. Um... We just had somebody join the other day. Uh, Macro Error, I think was the name. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Was, and I was like, that was the one where Jeremy messaged me. He's like, you know who that is? I'm like, no. He goes, me neither. I'm like, yeah. No one knows. So, that's cool. Welcome in. Uh, hope you enjoy the debauchery. If you'd like to check out our website, bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. Uh, if you would like to support the show, which we would very much appreciate, you can go to patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. And if you donate $10 or more a month, you can be like one of these wonderful people. Nate Sir Cogsworth, 7th of Juniper. Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables. Old grumpy Jeffy Lube himself. Arisa Adam. Shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, who is now under the TSMP banner. James, the Steam Machine Hall Monitor Hall. And Team Retro. Check him out on YouTube, who is now also under the TSMP banner. We got ourselves a little empire growing, boys. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. 
Um, the yeehaw of an emperor. <laughs> a yeehaw. A yeehaw? Yeehaw? <laughs> I was trying to do Snake's voice, and I just couldn't do it. Yeehaw. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I had too much inflection. Uh, also, shout out to Abs Pod, yet another BS podcast, the weekly podcast for me and Jeremy. Basically, these days, just answer fan questions, and it's a fucking fantastic time. Um, shout out to the JRPG Report. That is my family-friendly show that I do each and every week where I give you the, the uh, JRPG news coming out of Japan. Uh, merch link, if you want to get a shirt, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. Uh, we're in talks of adding some more stuff up there. Uh, so keep your ears and eyes peeled out for that. And if you like our show music, check me out over at Bandcamp, nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com. Is there anything else that you boys would like to plug here at the end? Oh, um, I just thought of something I meant to say way earlier on the podcast, which is just, um, we were talking about Brotato earlier today. I meant to say, I've heard a lot of people talking about the Godot game engine recently, and like they want to start developing in this, but I've never seen a game made in it until Brotato. So like, this is the first Godot game I've played, and it was pretty good. So maybe that engine's worth looking into. Also, Brotato's like $5, so Bro. like, if you, have, if, if you think you might like a shooty bang bang game, go play if, it. If, if the engine is called Godot... You should make a game called Gal. Gal Godot. <laughs> on that note. So we'll, are you waiting for me to get that joke? We'll see you next time on the Steam Machine Podcast. <laughs> for the Destructor Bros. Man, no one's even going to acknowledge my joke about <laughs> modernist theater. For the Destructor Bros. I'm Dalton. And as always, guys, take it easy. Like waiting for Godot. <laughs> <laughs>